son had a gift with technology. With reliable internet at home through the Internet Essentials Program, the world opened up. He's part of this next generation of young people who feel they can thrive. Through Project Up, Comcast is committing $1 billion to help open doors for the next generation with the connectivity and skills they need to build a future of unlimited possibilities. This episode is brought to you by Allstate. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings vary and are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Welcome to the Pants Cast, brought to you by Lululemon, a show about all things pants. My guest is Matt James, former NCAA player and Lululemon ABC pant enthusiast. Hi, great to be here. Matt, tell us all about those ABC pants. The comfort? They're like the pants I put on when I don't want to wear pants. Versatility? You could wear these pants to a wedding, but you could also wear these to a cookout. And what about style? They're like if casual and cool had a baby. Well, it's clear why you're an ABC enthusiast. Pleasure having you and your pants on the show. Thanks for having us. Find the shockingly comfortable ABC pants at lululemon.com. You're listening to DraftKings Network. Ortiz finds it off center field. Damon run into the plate, and he can keep on running to New York. Back to full. Red Sox fans have longed to hear it. The Boston Red Sox are world champions. I can't circle. I don't have my telestrator today, but why? here comes a pizza. See it? <laughs> This is our fucking city, and nobody gonna dictate our freedom. Stay strong. Welcome back to the Name Redacted Podcast, America's most beloved podcast, the most downloaded Red Sox podcast in the world. If you're listening after the Dodgers series, I bet you want to hear about Mookie bets, don't you? You want to hear about Mookie? Want some Mookie talk? There'll be a little bit of that. Not, not a lot. Not a lot. Because I mean, I'm, I'm sick of it. You're probably sick of it. Maybe you're a Dodger fan and you want to drink Red Sox fan tears. But like at this point, there's no tears. We're just we know what we are. It's it's almost September. September's next week, Tyler, by the way. September it's is crazy. Fuck it, it's less than a week away. September, the last month of the regular season, um, which September 1st, that's one month until the final day of the regular season. I'm not trying to depress Red Sox fans, but that's most likely when, you know, it's going to come to an end here. Yeah. So that's kind of what you're looking at. 30 more days. This like I feel like five years from now, when we look back on the 2023 season, it's just going to be a very forgettable year. Like they they were just there. They they were up. They were down. Uh, there were a couple like the most exciting moment of the season was when Adam Duvall hit that walk off home run on like the second day of the season. Uh, Kenley's 400 save. Uh, <laughs> yeah, in, in terms of stuff, you're going to sit there and kind of like, hey, remember that really time? reminisce on. I, I think more of it will be 
if the pieces of this team that have broken out this year, you know, Jaron Duran, the Tristan Casas, Brian Bale's first full season, if a lot of those guys become the real core and they have success in the coming years, I think we'll look at this as the building block. Sure. Here, right. Like this is the 20. Oh, this is the year where they. Yeah, exactly. This is where you took a step forward. You could kind of really start to see the vision happening. And they're, you know, they're not trash, right? Like they're not sitting there in the basement and you see young pieces coming together. No. They're in the conversation. But yeah, I, I don't think they, anyone's going to go back and look at this year. They're in it. Nah. Like, in I, it, I think that I don't think they're in it anymore. I think that the, this series was kind of the uh, Jesus Christ, Tyler, you are a fucking struggling pal. Uh, this is the oh, my God, I'm back. All right. No, but to, to finish what I was saying, like saying they're in it, am I telling you that they're they're going to make it? No, but like, are you in reach enough to somehow envision, oh, all right, you can make it close or something no. like that? I, I, I the don't think it's no. crazy. The answer is no. You're Jake, between 15 what, Jake, and 20% what? for a playoff odd. No, they're like 13%. That's a no. Is that uh, what it dropped what, to after today? What's the record? Uh, what does what the Red Sox record have to be from this point forward to get to 90 games, which is what Fangraphs projects the third wild card to be? I think it's 21 and 10. You think this team can go 21 and 10, Tyler? No. Okay. I'm so asking no. someone who's told you, are they, but they're not so out of it to the point where you can't it's say not that like, you're, these it's games not em- are They're not embarrassingly out of it. Like, they're, no, you're they're, like they're on within, the outskirts. Yeah, sure. But that, that still means that you're out. Like, sure. If you're on the a day ago, they of, were within three, right? Like, I'll continue to say what I have said about this team. They're not going to get to the point where they're in it to, you know, about to sneak in. They're just going to yo-yo between three to six games back and forth here, depending on the week. Like it's the, I'm not going to say you're completely all the way back. You're not the Yankees where you can't even see it. Like, oh yeah. no, you can kind of see it. But like anyone being realistic, as we've talked about on here the last couple weeks or so, like this is what it is. It, you can dream a fantasy where everything somehow goes right and you make it in. But is that reality? No, it's not. This episode is sponsored by Knockaround Sunglasses, quality polarized affordable shades, including the new MLB and U.S. women's soccer team pairs. Check them out at knockaround.com. Chronic migraine is 15 or more headache days a month, each lasting four hours or more. Botox, onabotulinum toxin A, prevents headaches in adults with chronic migraine. It's not for adults with migraine with 14 or fewer headache days a month. It prevents, on average, eight to nine headache days a month versus six to seven for placebo. Prescription Botox is injected by your doctor. Effects of Botox may spread hours to weeks after injection, causing serious symptoms. Alert your doctor right away as difficulty swallowing, speaking, breathing, eye problems, or muscle weakness can be signs of a life-threatening condition. Patients with these conditions before injection are at highest risk. Side effects may include allergic reactions, neck and injection site pain, fatigue, and headache. Allergic reactions can include rash, welts, asthma symptoms, and dizziness. Don't receive Botox if there's a skin infection. Tell your doctor your medical history, muscle or nerve conditions, including ALS Lou Gehrig's disease, myasthenia gravis or Lambert-Eaton syndrome, and medications, including botulinum toxins, as these may increase the risk of serious side effects. Ask your doctor and visit BotoxChronicMigraine.com or call 1-800-44-BOTOX to learn more. Also, we're going to have some uh, Red Sox lottery later in the show. A couple things that we want to hit on. Obviously, Mookie Betts is a big talking point after the Dodgers series. But I think, you know what? Mookie can wait. He, he got three goddamn standing ovations this weekend. And I know that, uh, again, like as I was saying, about the, you know, if you're a Dodger fan listening to this and you, you just winning the series wasn't enough for you and you want to tune in to hear like Red Sox fan tears, you're not going to get them here because uh, for me, at least like the, I think what what some fans need to realize is that there is a tier in between playoff team and suck. 
Like if you don't make the playoffs, that doesn't mean that your team sucks. The Red Sox are good enough. They're good enough. They're not a playoff team. They don't suck. They're in that in between. They're in the mid what Tyler's talking about. They are the in the fringe of teams that like if they were to show a graphic on TV of the wild card teams and then the teams, quote unquote, in the hunt, the Red Sox are in the hunt. They're not going to get there. They're not going to get there. This is not a playoff year for the Boston Red Sox. I, I think probably by the end of this coming week, more fans will come to that realization if they haven't already gotten there. Uh, breaking news, right-hander Noah Syndergaard has been designated for assignment by the Guardians oh, today geez. after getting shelled, um, I think, by Toronto. So that's another team that you're trying to catch. So, yeah, I mean, I I kind of just go back to spring training. The vibes were great. I think a lot of us had some optimism of the... I think what, what gets lost in translation here is not that we were guaranteeing the playoffs, not that it was a postseason or a bust type year. It was like, I can see it. You know, if this goes right and that goes right and this goes right, this is a, this could be a playoff team. Like this could be a, a season where we we're, were pleasantly surprised with the end result. And I think what we ended up getting was something just shy of that. Like it wasn't a dumpster fire. Uh, they're not a last place team. They're not an abomination, uh, but they're not a playoff team either. They're, they're going to get right up to the line of maybe... Uh, a few games out um, and and then you're going to call it a year. That's why, you know, I, I think it's too soon to start having conversations about the offseason, what needs to be done. I think it not to go in depth about what they need to do. But I think what we've we've seen over the last I mean, all season, really, but uh, more more so uh, in this series, the defense you need to get better defensively. I think Pedro Martinez, he was on WEI on what, Friday night? I think it was Friday night. And he was like, you know, with this exact same roster, if they just played league average defense, you're a much better team. Like, I think people just like look down the roster and like, well, this team's not good enough. Some of the guys that have had piss poor defensive years are not piss poor defensive players. It's just been a rough season defensively. And like historically bad. Like we're talking historically bad defense for the Boston Red Sox. Is that the is that the lone reason why they're not going to the playoffs? No. Uh I think when you when you look around the roster, you're you're looking at guys playing out of position. You're looking at guys that were injured. You're looking at guys that uh didn't start the season until fucking August. You know, it's like, there's a lot of reasons why this team will ultimately fall short of the postseason. But I still think that the Red Sox it could be a one-off season fix. Do you agree with that, Tyler? Do you think that the uh-huh. Red Sox could do enough this winter to turn what they have right now into a team that could be a playoff team next year? A hundred percent. You, you okay. could be up there, there with too. any team in baseball. Like it, the reality is, like you got under the luxury tax this year for a reason. And coming into this year, I told you, like I think a perfect year for them would be kind of where they are right now. You're going to win somewhere between 84 to 86 games. You won't technically be eliminated until the last week of the season. Like, we're sitting here and talking. It's August 27th. Say what you will, and part of it was the Mookie stuff. The intensity that they're playing with, it does feel a little bit like playoff baseball because you're in the conversation. At this time a year ago, you weren't, right? Like, that team was as dead in the water as dead in the water is. This team knows, you know, the low percentage chance it is, all right, there's somehow a reality where you could picture us being competitive and trying to make it. 
No one's here is betting on it. Like, I'll continue to say that, but I think the shortcomings you mentioned there, some of the injuries they dealt with are what it is. And when you have the assets to go and get a couple starters this year, why can't you? The position player side of things is pretty figured out here for the most part. Tristan Casas is going to be playing first base for you. Trevor Story is going to be your starting shortstop next year. At third base, you're going to still have Rafael Devers. He needs to be better defensively. Casas, I think he's looked a lot better defensively recently, first off. Yeah. But those, those, you know, things he went through earlier in the year where people were like, oh, you know, he's a DH. Relax. Like, there's a reason the team has said for so long they believe he can be gold glove caliber there. Do I think he'll reach that ceiling? Fair question. He can at least play at average first base. Yoshida, he's going to be here even though he is so run down. He, he looks gassed. After the WBC, after coming here and playing, you know, this whole season, you can tell they're trying to give him a break as much as possible. But Jaron Duran's going to factor in here. They got to do something with Verdugo. You know, will he be here? He's been hitting great since the whole benching. I still don't think he will, but it's part of that. Majority of the work has to take place on the pitching side. And if you could have got this rotation a little bit more support, even the former Corey Kluber, maybe the record is a bit better than it is this year. Not maybe. That's reality. But yeah, they are able to do it and they have the resources to do it. I think the question amongst a lot of people is, are they willing to do so? Well, I tell you, Heimblum's going to be here. Heimblum, I don't think he's getting fired. Jared, do you? I do not. No, because they met the expectation for what this bridge year was supposed to be with them staying under the luxury tax. Okay, so now Heimblum, in your final year of the contract, are you going to push your chips in? You have a farm system that's ranked fifth by Baseball America, fourth by Fangraphs. Can you go make those moves to push your team over that lip? You have a team, the Yankees, who are trending downward, who look like they're going in the opposite direction. Well, can you add five wins to what's going to be their end of season record? You can easily do that. You have the money. Will John Henry let him go to a certain level? Does that mean you can go get, you know, Yamamoto and another arm? I don't know. Like, that's a fair. How far over the luxury tax? Am I going to get the bullshit you gave me in 2022 where you're barely over it and you're just kind of faking being over it? That's a problem. But if you're going to spend 250, 260 million, why the fuck can't you? There, there's no excuse not to. You have everything in place to do so. So uh, I'm just going to read my tweet or my ex from after the game, because this is more or less where I'm at after. By the way, Tyler, I am one game back of you in the season predictions. Ooh, after today, mm-hmm. I am not one- bad correct prediction away from tying you for the season lead i said the red sox were going to take one out of three and my x after the game was as follows i don't think we learned anything new in this in this series mookie bets is good red sox fans still love mookie bets the red sox play good teams tough the dodgers are in a completely different class than the red sox one out of three sounds about right like i'm not like we're at the point now, I think, where a lot of Red Sox fans are realistic about what they've been seeing. Uh, we, it's Again, it's almost September, so it's not like, oh, maybe if this happens or that happens. Like, no, you are what you are at this point. Um, and what they are is just a, a very up-and-down team. And when you play a team like the Dodgers, let's just say they won today. You would kind of feel like you, you stole a series there. You're not better than the Dodgers. You know you're not better than the Dodgers. There's not many teams that are be- better than the Dodgers. But... One out of three, like the Red Sox are not bad enough where if they got swept, you would be like, yeah, that sounds about right. Like, no, like they, they can hang with them. And they did. They did hang with them. Um, but you winning even one saw, out of three, that sounds about right. Yeah. You even saw in the first game, like a game that a team with 
the proper pitching depth that can kind of sustain that. You don't have Nick Pavetta and you're not pushing him in the way you are. Uh, that's hopefully a game you can go out there and win, right? Like you get Cutter Crawford to go out there and do what he did, but that's where you come up a little bit short. You have, you know, dumb base running mistakes. Another kind of thing from this team, along with the defensive miscues that continues to exist year after year after year. Yeah, that like that's who this team is. And that's why I've told people like, I feel like even you know, from podcast to podcast. And I, I think I've been very consistent on this when people get too high and people are getting, people are getting high a couple days ago. Again, they're just fucking through the roof. Like, Oh, look at this. Like, and I understand that's part of fandom, but like for the people riding those ups and downs, dude, it, it's just somewhere in the middle. And you have to kind of accept that at some point, like you said, that's who the Red Sox are this year. And if it mm-hmm. took you this long to kind of piece that together, I don't know what to tell you. I don't know how you've lived this long, the the amount of ups and downs you put yourself through. But I've been kind of in the same place since the middle of summer, maybe even a little bit before that. Like, this is who the 2023 Red Sox are. You're going to set yourself up for disappointment if you sit here and you're thinking, oh, they're about to make that leap. They're about to make that jump. But if you're also saying they're going to die or they're going to lay over, you're doing the same thing to yourself where you're going to look stupid each time. Yeah. Like, they're, it's they're just bobbing in the right water. In the they're bobbing in the water. They're not sinking. They just want to tread women. They were they were okay treading this year. And if you have an issue with that, the John Henry problem who allowed that, who was okay with them. But that was the decision they made when Xander Bogarts left here. Mm -hmm. It was, hey, we're going to kind of duct tape this thing together here for a year and try to focus on young guys taking a step forward. Now, if they were at this point in the season and it was just the duct tape that got you there, then I tell you. Uh, maybe you shouldn't feel that great because, you know, Adam Duvall or Justin Turner, as these pieces go, what's going to happen? Well, no, you can sit here and say, Jaron Duran took a big step. Tristan Casas took a big step. Brian Bayo through the ups and downs took a big step. Josh Winkowski took a big step. Cutter Crawford took a big step. Connor Wong's taken a solid step this year and been valuable to you. That's what it is. Chris Murphy, I know the numbers don't look great, but I think we've seen through stretches what he's capable of. He's by showing him into right a role next year. He's on a rough stretch right now. But I, on that note, before we kind of get into the games here, uh, people were saying, like, do you disagree with Alex Cora leaving him out there to get torched, yada, yada? I tweeted out all the numbers. I mean, if it's not Bayo, they're not going deep into games, the starters. Uh, they're in the second half of the season, Red Sox starters, and I took out openers because obviously that skews it uh red sox starters not named brian bayo averaging four and two-thirds innings per start the red sox bullpen has thrown the second most innings in major league baseball in the second half uh first in the american league fourth most all season yep like they are they are taxed so like when you've got a chris murphy out there and maybe he he's getting hit around which he is like he's getting hit around not just today, but you know, his last whatever five appearance, whatever you want to. I actually I got the numbers to. here. Yeah, it's, it's like 30 hits in his last like 15 innings or something like that. Yeah. Four outings this month. It's a 958 ERA, a 617 FIP. Uh that was going into today. So you add on the six earned runs. The last mm-hmm. 30 days it was a 623 ERA. Yeah. And so the, the reality is they've pushed him and left him out there on a lot of these occasions because of the shortness. And they're like, hey, someone has to take it here so that we can be set up for the next three games. Yeah. Sorry. You like, still got to play fucking Houston after this. And you just played Houston and they kind of I mean, people were saying, oh, these have like playoff game, not playoff game feel to it, but definitely playoff kind of competition. Like they were good. That's the other thing. Like, I know that like it's upsetting. All right. The Red Sox split in Houston and then they lost the series to the Dodgers. Is it loser mentality to sit here and say, I'm kind of proud of the way that the Red Sox played in these games? But 
I circled this stretch before the season started, said make or break. This is the gauntlet right here. You got New York, which we didn't know that they would be this bad. You got Houston, you got LA, then you got Houston again. And you'll find out what this team is made of at the end of that. And maybe what we are finding out is, all right, they're not a playoff team. Okay, fine. But can they hang with good teams? Yes, they can. They can hang with the with the best. Like you hung with Houston. You hung with the Dodgers. That's a good thing. Like that's something that, but you take that not for this year. You don't take that and say, all right, now, you know, like there's no help coming. Like we're past the trade deadline. There's no guys that are injured that are coming back to help you at this point. Like you're not saying, oh man, like we hung with these good teams, but if we can only hang on a little bit longer until sale and story come out, they're back. Okay. Like you've got what you've got, but you've proven that when you play some of the best teams, Red Sox can make those teams work. Like you're, you're, you didn't embarrass yourselves. Is that a loser mentality? Is that the bar now? You didn't embarrass yourself. It all depends on what your perspective is on what you think the Red Sox can be this year. I don't think that they're making the playoffs. If you still think that this is a playoff team and that they, that you, you still have hope that they can get there. Maybe you're a lot more disappointed than me. Maybe you looked at those series against uh, Houston and LA and the one coming up this week as man, if like the Red Sox are going to get hot and and they're going to win these games and then they're going to get into the playoffs and surprise everyone. The Red Sox are a team you don't want to see in October. I just don't feel that way. But uh, it's it's just such a low percentage. Like you're hoping some it's a miracle. It would take yeah, a miracle. It's like fine. That, that, that's like, the reality. It's fine. I have accepted it. I have accepted that this is not a playoff season. And maybe maybe this team time, has broken Jared. me over the last few years, like to the point where I am. I, I don't, I don't want to say I'm happy about it because obviously I want the Red Sox to make the playoffs. Like I want the Red Sox to win the World Series. But that was such a pipe dream at the beginning of the year. I just wanted them to be relevant. Like they're still relevant. You can still tune in to watch the Boston Red Sox through the month of September and watch competitive baseball. Like that's what I wanted. Like, you know, maybe you had the lure of they could make the playoffs. Like that's a draw. That's exciting. Could they get in? Are they in a playoff spot? Are they holding it? Are they in the hunt for one? For me, the answer is no across the board. I don't I, like they're not, you know, like it's that's over. But is this a team like in 2020 when you turn on the TV and you're like, who the fuck is that guy? Like, why am I even watching these games? Like these players are not going to be a part of the organization moving forward when they are trying to contend for a championship. Like, why am I going to sit through player X's at bats when like this guy is going to be DFA'd soon or like he's, you know, it's not that it's not that like you're no. still watching a competitive team and the games against the Dodgers were good. Those were fun. The games against the Astros were good. Those were fun. You have them coming back this week. It'll be fun to sit down and watch those games. But I think that that's kind of just where I am. And I, I don't I don't know that I'm in the majority. I don't know that I'm not going to say one way or not. I don't. I, it's so hard to gauge this fan base right now. Like I. I don't know if like I'm the contrarian for saying playoffs are out of the question for me, but I still find them interesting and competitive and they're fun to watch, I guess. I think it's hard because like, you know, we when you and Steve were talking a month ago, you were like, I could see them. You were like, they're going to make the playoffs when they were as hot as they were. That's how yeah. you guys felt. Mm -hmm. And like, I think that's where people are falling into the ups and downs. And I got a lot of heat a month ago when I was kind of saying this. This was my take. Like, I was like. They are kind of what they are, bearing everything possibly going right for them over the final, you know, at that time, it was the last two months of the season. Now it's the last month. You know, they're not going to be in it. I, I just think that's what it is. And if you can't 
come to grips with what the expectation this year was coming in, then I don't know what to tell you. You were just sitting there and hoping for something that isn't what the Red Sox are. You can't be mad when they go themselves and say, you know, we're not, they take what Bloom says. I know it's going to be awesome. All that. Follow what their actions told you going into this year and all of that stuff. When they were talking about young players and making that jump, that's what it is. And I can understand if people at this point are like, well, you know, I just want the Red Sox to win. It's 2023. How many years are we going to be into this? That's a fair complaint. I don't think anyone's going to argue. I think that's why we sit here and despite saying, yeah, they've hit the marks. There is a general sadness or just like kind of indifferent feeling amongst everyone where it's like, all right, well, yeah, they hit the mark. But at the end of the day, this isn't where we want the Red Sox to be. This isn't a fun ex- or fan experience to the point of, you know, what Red Sox fans are accustomed to the last 20 years here. That's that, that, next year. Has it to has next to be year. next year. But I think for a lot year. of people, 2023 was supposed to be that to them. And they were upset. But that's what happened over the offseason. That's where those expectations change. If you even asked me going into last year, would I have thought Bloom would have had the ability to make it through a year like this? I would have said no. But everything changed after that Xander Bogarts moment. That changed the trajectory of the Red Sox. And now you just hope with what has happened this year, they see it. I think they understand it. Bloom doesn't have any more time. Like it, it is make or break now going into this offseason. And I know you're kind of saying with this series, like, am, am I a proud of the way they played? No, I, I'd say this is what they are. But I'd yeah. also tell you there were opportunities to win this series, um, especially that first game there where, you know, you make such a horrendous base running mistake with Connor Wong. Nick yeah. Pavetta was left in too long. I think even with some of the bullpen shortages they have going, there's no reason he should have faced Max Muncie. None. Freddie Freeman. Sure. He hits lefties even better. You're leaving him against Max Muncy with Brennan Bernardino warming for what? For, That's for what I'm saying. Like, what? like Bernardino came in for Freddie and I was like, Freddie Freeman is the second best hitter in baseball against left-handed pitching. Yeah. It's like, like over a thousand OPS. It's crazy. Yeah. Um, it doesn't but, matter who the fuck you bring in to face Freddie Freeman. He's, he's going to hit that dude. And he, but and he Max Muncy, it's like, all right, like you have Bernardino warming. You might as well fucking use the guy and let's see what happens here. Yeah. But, yeah, this is just kind of what they are, but that's what's frustrating about them because they're con- they're going to continue to be right there where it's like, oh, this one thing or this other thing. And you always realize over time it's not, well, they'll fix that up or they clean that up. Five months in, it's no, it's just what they are. They could have played football. better in this series. You know, yeah, like, they could. They could. it's frustrating. Very frustrating. College football I would like fans. the offense to fucking show up today as well at, at some point besides Tristan Costas. I'm sorry. Continue. College football fans, are you ready for week one? DraftKings Sportsbook is hooking you up with a can't-miss offer to start the season strong. This week, new customers can bet just $5 on college football and score $200 in bonus bets instantly. Anything can happen in college football. Your team could go from unranked to dynasty mode in just a couple of years. Change comes fast. The only thing that's a lock is the great offers from DraftKings Sportsbook. Life's more fun when you're in on the action. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app. Right now, use the promo code Jared, J-A-R-E-D. New customers can score $200 in bonus bets instantly when they bet just $5 on college football, only on the DraftKings Sportsbook with the promo code Jared. Uh, the crown is yours. 
Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY to 467-369. In West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In partnership with Hollywood Casino at Charlestown Races. All games regulated by the West Virginia Lottery. Please play responsibly. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort. 21 plus in most eligible states, but age varies by jurisdiction. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details and state-specific responsible gambling resources. Bonus bets expire seven days after issuance. Eligibility and deposit restrictions apply. Terms at sportsbook.draftkings.com football terms. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Um, so we don't have to break down all the games. I guess we can start with the, with the Mookie stuff. Um, the standing ovation. The first night, first of all, that Friday night was just painful. It was painful. Like, I, I, I will say that. And people were trying to say, like, because uh, originally before the season started, that's when, like, the story came out of Mookie going back and forth on, like, I rejected the $300 million offer to, like, it was never made. And then he shows up and he's like, I don't want to talk about it. Ask John Henry. So I, I, I forget exactly what I tweeted, but it was something like, can we all just please fucking move on? Like, stop talking. I was talking about the contract stuff. I wasn't saying like when Mookie shows up that like, oh, it's just another game. Like, what's the big deal? I wasn't saying that. I was saying, can we please move on from debating the contract offer? Like, what was it? Did he reject it? You know, what are the, you know, all that shit. Like, can we, can we stop dwelling over the things we can't control here or the things that are just buried in the past? Obviously, when Mookie Betts comes back to Fenway, you're going to talk about Mookie Betts. Like, it's going to be a thing. Like, it should always be a thing. So I was just kind of, I don't know. I, I feel like I was being a, attacked for no fucking reason. But when you're watching the Apple TV broadcast and oh. they're just showing highlight after highlight of Mookie Betts with the Red Sox, it's like motherfucker. Like, dude, it was like I, a eulogy. It was a fucking eulogy. Let's be real. Yeah, like but, it just wasn't. It wasn't a happy weekend to be a Red Sox fan. It wasn't like it's not our fault. Like we didn't we didn't sign the Chris Sale extension and the Nathan Valdi contract and David the David Price. Price contract and and all this shit. Like, we didn't make the decisions to put the Red Sox in the position to have the luxury tax penalties uh, hanging over their heads to where the... And Coley has talked about this a billion times. They didn't... They didn't have to trade Mookie Betts. Like, it was the easiest way to attach Mookie Betts to David Price to get Price's contract off the books. That was the easiest way to get under it. Could there have been other ways? Sure, I guess. I mean, but that's that's their job to figure that well, out. That's not our you job. You could have extended him in the years prior, you know, when he was up there. And, you know, we gave Heim got all this shit last year. We talked about Rafael Devers. Why wasn't he paid beforehand? Does that not apply to Mookie? Like, like it's the same kind of fucking conversation point, no matter what way you want to put it there. But I know the other half of it is Rob Bradford had reporting on it this weekend, said it on the radio. Yeah, Mookie didn't get 300. Maybe he got like 310 as an offer. Uh, maybe he didn't get exactly 300 million or wasn't exactly 10 years, 300. But there was an offer, you know, in oh, above 300 in that range. Um, yeah. But at the end of the day, I'm just so fucking sick of talking about it because 
Clearly, Mookie, he made the point. He told everyone he didn't know how he was going to get received here. It was something on his mind. Cool. He came back. He got his reaction. We can fucking argue about the numbers forever. He said, well, let's have Haim, John Henry. Those guys can go speak on it if they want. Well, Mookie, do you want to clarify? Do you want to clarify those comments you made to the globe? No. Haim? Well, that's more of Mookie's thing. If he wants to talk about it, he's willing to. I'm not going to, you know, air out a player's contract conversations. And yeah. I wasn't here for the ones before me. Well, Mookie is smart because he knows that they can't and they won't. And, like and that that's sets what a it bad is. precedent for someone like Haim or John Henry or whomever to speak on the exact numbers. Like that's it's never going to come from them, at least publicly. So that was kind of like a. I don't even know what the adjective would be, but it's it was a move to punt the conversation to those guys, knowing that those guys are not going to talk about it publicly. Uh, but again, I just go back to it's done. The trade happened. The extension happened. Whether or not the Red Sox made an offer of 300 or in the neighborhood of 300 and Mookie turned it down, whatever. I mean, I, I, he he knew what he was doing. He it won't come out until doing. there's a book fucking 15 years from now. That's yeah. what it is. And and I made the point weeks ago. I feel like that got swept under the rug. But when he did the podcast with Brock Holt and we were like a month out from his return and he was like, yeah, you know, if they had just paid me like market value, like I, I, I wanted to be there forever. Like he was putting all that out there now because he knew he was coming back to Boston and he was worried about getting booed. That's all that was like Mookie did not want to get booed when he came back to Fenway. That's it. Like, I think it's it's as simple as that. But he didn't get booed. Um, it was the he opposite. should not have gotten booed. Huh? He got more love than I think I can remember any returning player ever getting ever. And he deserves it. Whatever. Like, he got the love that he deserved. And which is know. why which is why those comments are so weird. Like, we all knew I would have bet my fucking bank account. Yeah. Does he get a standing ovation every day and people are fucking going nuts? I would have bet it. It was the most obvious thing in the world. But for some reason, he could not see it. The Athletic released another piece a couple days ago saying like he just he did not. He thought fans looked at him evil, like in an evil sense here. Like he left us that he never wanted to be here, that it was anything like that. The, the truth is, it's just I think Mookie looked at it. He's like, I like it here. Cool. Am I going to fucking suffer my worth to stay here? No. Whoever's willing to give me the money I fucking want or the money that I deserve. Because he deserved every single dollar he got. I'm going to hit free agency. I want to push this to the utmost level. Then I'm cool with whatever plays out in that way because I believe I deserve my worth. I have a point to make for the MLBPA. That's fine. No one's going to judge you. That doesn't mean you don't like Boston. That means, mm -hmm. oh, no, I like Boston, but, you know, you got to do me right. You can't fuck mm -hmm. me in the back door here and expect me to smile. And but on like, top of that, I think the biggest part that gets, I guess, left out of the conversation is that out of all the players to sign these huge deals of $250 million, $300 million plus, he's on a very short list of guys that are living up to it. Like, it would be totally different, right? If he signs for $365 million and then just tanks. Like, he, oh, he's not the same player. He's breaking down. Look at him aging. It's, it's the fact that he's been worth every penny and then some that adds to fans being like, what the fuck? Like, we could have... We could have just paid this guy. He would still be here and he would be contending for MVPs. I mean, maybe not winning them because he'd be in the same league as Shohei Otani, but he would be in the conversation for the MVP every year. Uh, that's part of it. The fact that he is still playing at an MVP caliber level. Uh, that, Best that season since 2018 right now. Yeah. Yeah. 
I mean, he just tied his career high in home runs today with a bomb off of Chris Murphy to kind of ice the game for the Dodgers. But yeah, I mean, my my main point all along was I'm not going to tell fans how to fan. I've said this about a multitude of issues regarding the Boston Red Sox. I'm not going to tell fans how to fan. Uh, What I will do is say that me personally, I... I'm not going to dwell over things that are out of my control. I did not have anything to do with Mookie Betts getting traded. I did not have anything to do with Mookie Betts not getting paid here. I didn't have anything to do with the Dodgers paying Mookie Betts. None of those things were in my control. It happened. It's over with. He's there. So I, I can't get all worked up about it. But I know like I had my time, no doubt. Like I was very upset when it happened. Very pissed off for quite sometime, but it's been four years. Like I've moved on with my life. Like now I'm focused on the Boston Red Sox as they exist right now and what they can do in the future to get back to winning World Series titles. Like no amount of pissing and moaning is going to bring Mookie Betts back. So I just like I I get where fans are coming from. And if that's how you want to handle it, I'm not going to tell you that you're in the wrong. Go for it. You know, like I think um, fans getting angry at stuff like that can only in some way maybe prevent it from ever happening again. But who knows? Who knows if it prevents it from happening again? I feel like, you know, John Henry, it, he'll he'll do whatever the fuck he wants. I I really like I told you when we did the uh when we did the uh uh town hall thing and he was up there getting booed and afterwards it was just like all right well where are we going for dinner? You know like it wasn't like watch Man, they were they were booing me like, ah, man, like we really have to do something about this. He's he's going to do what he's going to do. He's he's virtually unfazed, I think, for the most part by. I think when when it starts to hit him in the wallet, like if if ratings were down and fans aren't showing up to the ballpark, then you have to act because that's that's business. Um, But yeah, I don't know. I was kind of I didn't like getting into these like back and forth arguments with Red Sox fans, like people saying that I was. like, oh, you're protecting John Henry's pocket. And I'm like, bro, what? I mean, you just have to think of it this way. Because I think that there is some sort of a misunderstanding with how the luxury tax penalties work. Like if you go over for X amount of years, you get taxed a percentage based on your payroll, right? So if you had given, if you had gone over again and paid Mookie Betts $30 million, well, now you're technically paying Mookie Betts $100 million for one year. And that yeah. would have continued. So they had to get under. But I think my main point and, and what Coley's point has been all along is Mookie Betts is, if he had stayed here, had the chance to be the best, most talented Red Sox player, maybe of all time, right next to Ted Williams. Those two guys. You figure out a way to get under the luxury tax while keeping Mookie bets. That's that's what should have happened. Like, I think everyone kind of thinks it's a it's a foregone conclusion that they had to get under the luxury tax, which means you have to trade Mookie bets. Well, no, you don't like you could have just blown because look at it this way. You trade Mookie bets after 2019. You sucked in 20. Like, do you do you trade the good vibes and feelings of 2021 if it means keeping Mookie Betts because you were in last place in 2022 and then you have this year. So I, I think it's much easier to kind of suck 
Like you sucked anyway. You came up for air in 21, but for the most part, you sucked in the years after the Mookie Betts trade. So wouldn't you have rather just depleted your roster to get under the luxury tax uh, and and found a way to keep Mookie in there some way, somehow? Like that's, and that's kind of like the only alternative to the conversation, which again is all hindsight. It's all things that you can't control. It's all things that is water under the bridge at this point because you can't go back and fix it now. No, and I think that's where also the conversation... Mookie, everything he told you was that he was not willing to sign before hitting free agency. Can we take the risk of him hitting free agency, having the 30th ranked farm system, being already well over the luxury tax and not having another way to kind of get some of these contracts off? What happens if he just walks? Why if a team is willing to go to that utmost crazy level? Uh, you know, to a level beyond anything, right? And that's where you kind of weigh things and you try to figure it out. But yeah, like that's the same conversation and the same with the draft, right? Like you're talking about a 30th ranked farm system. You had to fucking take Cameron Cannon. Does anyone who know the fuck Cameron Cannon is? Because Mm -hmm. your pick got pushed back 10. Part of the luxury tax penalties that come with that, right? And, you know, that's not a first round talent. And as we've seen, you know, you kind of need to continue to get these first round talents year in after year, whether you want them to be up on the team. Look at Tristan Casas. That's a first round talent. It's pretty fun fucking watching him, isn't it? Like you, You like those guys. It's somewhere in the middle. But yeah, like you're just rehashing the same convo in different ways. And sure, is there is there a perfect way for them where they could have kept Mookie and done all that? I don't know. I don't. Maybe maybe there is a way where you orchestrate that money and pull it together. But I think they were trying to walk that line of not getting the commitment from Mookie saying, all right, well, this is a way we can get some prospects back here. We can move something off and not go into a full rebuild. They were scared that it was going to take years to get back to a point. Now, I think if you keep Mookie here, obviously you don't have 2021, right? Like, as you just mentioned, Mm -hmm. so you go through 2020, you're horrendous. 2021 is probably the same thing, is it not? Like, you're probably living a very similar reality uh, because that engine was the engine that, you know, Dave Dombrowski's engine, Heinblum added to it in 2021. Do you buy into the line of thinking that 2021 was almost detrimental because it's like, oh, we got within two games of the World Series. So, like, what we're doing is working. Yeah, I don't think it was that it wasn't working. I think it was just how poor the following offseason went along with the moves you made in season. Mm -hmm. Um, But at that point, would you rather have Mookie here and maybe this is the year you jumped off? Maybe 2022 was what this year is for the Red Sox is right now. I don't know. You're getting to the point where there's so many what ifs and so many hypotheticals in this conversation. And then like that's what, you know, Chad Henning or Chad Jennings put a column out the other day talking about. It's like there's so many things that have happened over this time that you try to piece together and you try to understand. I think where I become more frustrated is there was a chance to take a significant leap going into 2022. Heinblum botched that. They had a horrible offseason and then they didn't do the proper things that season. And Corey Kluber you back. was your fucking opening day starter. So Yeah, uh, well, I think that's a little deceiving. That should not have been the guy you fucking signed over the yeah, offseason. It should have been, I mean, it should have been Chris Sale. In a perfect world, it was Chris Sale. But either way, uh, when you well bringing up Corey Kluber is the perfect example to tie this all in because when 2021 happens, it kind of justifies the philosophy of we don't need to go out and sign a Kevin Gosman on like a six year deal. It's like, oh no, we can just get like this guy on a one year deal and that guy on a one year deal and that guy on a one year deal. Like, oh, that's working because look at 2021. But you can't do that. Like, it's not sustainable. And and I mean, I'm not going to sit here and say that I know how to build a roster better than Heim Bloom. I don't. Uh, but I think that that mentality of like, oh, we'll just go out there and get a veteran guy on a one year deal instead of getting like the big name veteran pitcher that's going to 
be good for us for the next you know half decade or whatever it is. But back on Mookie for a second. Uh, I think is this fair or unfair? Check me if I'm wrong, Tyler. I became emotionally detached in a way from Mookie when it was clear that he was he wanted to go to free agency. Like it wasn't even going to be a conversation. It every year because even when it's like you you have to like issue like those one year contracts after. Um, wasn't there a year? You wouldn't remember this. You have a weird brain too. There was a year that like they settled on like an arbitration figure and like he didn't even sign the contract or something like that. Do you remember that? Wasn't that wasn't that the final year? It was something like that. Like, did they settle out of arbitration? But it was something like he was so pissed that like he didn't even sign the contract, but like it still counts because like the like the figure was agreed upon or something like that. Like once it got to that point, I was like, all right, like. This is I just don't see a way that this works yeah, out. Yeah, it was. You're, you're thinking of 2018 when he they sent him to arbitration. That's what it was for. Uh, so he did go to arbitration. Time. Yeah, uh, the Red Sox had told him like we'll give you seven and a half. The Red Sox or they said I'll give you seven and a half. Mookie was at ten and a half. Clearly he won. So he won and then didn't sign the contract. Yeah, and at that time it was more. Is that detail in what you're reading? Uh, no, not the contract detail, just the arbitration stuff. Yeah, it was something like that. This was like also that. at the time of the deal. Yeah, like he, like they went through arbitration and he was so pissed about that that he uh, didn't even sign the contract. So I was like, all right, I'm just going to enjoy the time that I have left with Mookie Betts because it's it's numbered. And every step of the way, it was, you know, when he was talking about his contract, you know, I'm, I'm going free agency. So that's why and I it, think it, I was probably more pissed at the, at the whole thing is because you're paying like a casual fan is going to be like, well, Mookie Betts got traded. And then like, obviously, and then the Dodgers paid him. And it's like, well, we love Mookie. But if you're paying attention to the day to day details and like the relationship, I think had had fractured a little bit while he was here and that was known. And uh, he's telling you. I want to go to free agency. And then the second that he goes to another organization, he signs before free agency. I think that was what was the most annoying part about all of it. But then you throw in the extra layer. Oh, that was during COVID. And like, you know, player salaries were going to take a hit because, you know, we didn't know when fans were going to be coming back and all this like revenue and the TV deals or whatever. Like we there was so much uncertainty in the world and he had to do what was best for him. Yeah, sure. If, if you want to use that line of thinking of why a deal got done before free agency with a team that he was on for three days uh, versus a team that he was with for, for almost a decade. Um, yeah, sure. Like you, you can, you can do that. But from an outsider's perspective, that's annoying. I didn't, I didn't care for it. <laughs> you know, like I'm just going to be honest. And just going through, it's starting to refresh now over the years. Uh, but just even before that first time where they sent him to arbitration, Last year, the team renewed his pre-arb salary. I think this is more what you were referring to, Jared. It was nine hundred fifty thousand, and they weren't able to reach a mutual agreement, right? And then this led into the following year, where then you know they're continuing to be a gap. And then Dave Dombrowski put out this quote. I remember it being big on sports radio that day. He goes, "Ideally, I've always been of the mindset that you would rather settle the deal yourself. 
You'd much prefer that. We've gone to arbitration before. Those things happen. No, it doesn't overly phase me. I prefer it to be the other way, but that's part of the game. That's then when you started getting the, oh, well, it was what, eight years, 200 million was one of the offers we heard in the previous off seasons before Mm -hmm. 2019 into 2020. It's just Mookie was using his rights as a player, right? Like he wanted to do and go to free agency. Nothing wrong with that. I think Heim Bloom walked into a situation where it was like, yeah, this franchise is in a really fucking hard spot here. Uh, clearly, the farm system is not where it's going. We have a core that's going the other way. You have Mookie Betts here. Well, you can't even confirm or know if he's going to stay here at this point. Everything he's told us is that he's going. He's no longer even taking contract offers. As I gave you the reports last episode, figure it out. Yeah. Like, what are you going to do here? Like, are, are you going to completely destruct this roster? Don't forget, you're in Boston. We don't do five-year rebuilds here, Heim. Like you can't go in the gutter for the next four years where Mookie's making all the money and you're kind of just hoping while you have other aging contracts that you're just dealing with. Right. Cause at that time, you know, it's like the Chris sales, it's, you know, David price, it's native Aldi who at that time, I think they were very unsure of what he was moving forward, which was very fair. Um, figure it out. It, it's just, it was an impossible spot to walk in. Now you can sit here and you have to grade Heimblum and you have to be fair and say, well, that was hard. Like this is the job you signed for my man. Like you made that decision and you decided to go that route. It wasn't going to be easy no matter which way you went here. You were going to be going through a tough stretch in 2020, which was a punt year, which is still even slightly weirdly framed because, you know, you lost Chris Sale and Eddie Rodriguez right before the season started. Right. So like it's hard to kind of walk that line and, you know, all these different things. Some have gone right. Some have gone wrong. But yeah, you just have to grade high and bloom on what's happened here. And the reality is, did he do enough with the Mookie Betts trade? No, you should have got more. You missed on Jeter Downs. That was a massive miss for you. Um, when you had a chance to kind of change the window and take a step forward in 2022, you shit your pants and it went wrong and you set yourself back an entire year. Like yeah. th- that's where you grade Heim. I think anyone can realize how hard it was coming in and trying to figure out that decision. But anyone acting like it was as easy as, oh, all you do is just sign, get throw him the check and figure it out later. No, it's not it's because they were looking at a stretch here of him trying to compete with, you know, not a lot of assets and not a lot to work with. So the, I just dug through my photos in my phone because I knew stats had put together a timeline of this and I remember saving it. 2017. This is all, all like reportedly stuff. 2017 Mookie Betts rejects five years, 100 million. 2018, Mookie Betts rejects eight years, 200 million. Spring 2019, rejects something north of Machado's 10 years, 300 million. Speculation. That was the Bradford. Bradford confirmed this the other day. Yes. So this is spring 2019. Rejects something north of Machado's 10 years, 300 million. Speculation that Betts wants Trout's 400 plus million. Um, August slash September of 2019. Anonymous Red Sox official and Gammons both comment how if Betts won't sign this winter, then he will probably be traded. October 2019. Tom Warner says the Red Sox want Betts to be a Red Sox player for life and will continue talking to Betts representatives. But at some point, it'll be time for plan B or plan C. Winter 2020. We do not know what offers were made during this winter. January 18th of 2020. Bloom and O'Halloran have been in close contact with Mookie and his representatives, but Mookie wants to focus on 2020. January 23rd, Red Sox are seriously considering trading bets, and then ultimately they did. 
So like I, I just I think like you said, a lot of people like to exclude the context and a lot of the different stuff that happened over this time and how it kind of came together and act like Heim just showed up and said, huh, I want to be the Rays. Let's trade our well, let's trade Mookie Betts and not think twice about it. There's a reason Dave Dombrowski was talking with the Dodgers to deal Mookie Betts at the 2019 trade deadline. Mm-hmm. You can pretend that didn't happen. You can pretend that wasn't reported. But that it's come out since. I've read it multiple times in the last couple of days. Mm-hmm. It was a thought, something he considered. He had hoped that they would be able to get a deal done, that they would be able to figure something out. Well, he never even got the chance to that upcoming offseason. You know, yep. he was out the door before the season even ended, obviously. But like th- that's what it was. And I know the June Lee thing came out over this past offseason, right? Of him saying, well, ownership didn't say he had to trade Mookie Betts, that that was the only way. But it was like, all right, like, what is the best course of action here where you can kind of plan everything together? Is it the right move to hand out a contract of that size without the foundation needed underneath it? And that's, and that's where you fight. Could you have put a foundation on the go and figured it out? Here's, here's, what, uh, here's what bothers me the most about it. Let's just say it was 10 years, 310. At that point, like if... Let's let's make it more in, uh, uh, I guess, relative, understandable. Let's let's humanize the perspective for the people listening. I bought a coffee maker this morning, right? What brand? Uh, I was a Keurig. And I paid one hundred and thirty dollars for it. If I'm willing to pay one hundred and thirty dollars for my coffee maker. If there was another one, if they were like, well, this one. This one's like the nicest one, but it's $200. Do you think I'm going to be like, well, fuck that. <laughs> 200? You kidding me? I'm just going to have my $130 one. Does that make sense? Like if if Mookie Betts, if you offer Mookie Betts $310 million and he would sign, as we know, for $365 million, then once you're in the neighborhood of $310, is it really that much to be like, all right, $365 gets it done? All right, fuck yeah. All right, push it. Push it across the finish line. Like, that's, what I think, what bothers me the most. If the Red Sox had stuck to eight years, 200 million or whatever it was, and they weren't willing to go, but and they were uh, over 100 million away from each other. That's when it's like, all right, like, uh, it's still bullshit because you're the Boston Red Sox. Uh, you don't have an excuse to not meet 365 for Mookie Betts. Like, there's no excuse for that. But if you're just going to flat out say we're not going above 200 million for the player, then OK, like we're, we're nowhere close. But if you got to 310 and and he was willing to sign for 365, what fucking excuse do you have for not getting that done? Yeah, I guess my or the way I would look at it is I don't think he signs for 360 if COVID doesn't happen. I think that probably fair. Probably I think fair. he's looking more like that Mike Trout number or at least in like that COVID extent. happened. Like, I mean, it, Mookie got traded when they were like. I think there might be a virus in this country. <laughs> like, no, I it was, oh, I think we might all fucking die. I don't we may not live like th- this might be a wrap, bro. We might not be able to do fucking professional sports for years. Yeah, that's when because, that shit was happening. Yeah, because I know that I, I told the story about how we were down in Miami for the Super Bowl. I wrote the Mookie Betts trade blog uh, in Miami in my hotel room and I texted someone over there being, I, I just saw the screenshot. Like I just, I just saw the screenshot of the text messages that I got as a response. Um, let me see. 
Yeah. <laughs> I was basically just like asking like, hey, uh, am I good to like go to this Super Bowl party or is like Mookie getting, getting traded tonight? And it was basically like, no, just go to the party. But like it, it was about to go down then. And fast forward, like I'm trying to like go through my pictures as a reference point um, for like COVID starting. And it was not long after that where everyone was like, oh, fuck, like we are <laughs> we are in lockdown. Yeah. Um, uh, funny enough, I, I actually I remember the the breakdown of this. So I was an intern at Zolik and Bertrand at the time. Right. Uh, young fucking kids, senior year of college, my last uh, semester at the time, uh, sitting there in February mm -hmm. uh, for a lot of people like no one knew, obviously, who Tyler Milliken was really at that time. I was on Red Sox Twitter, but I was like everyone else. Um, and I got on the show. It was the week of the Mookie Betts trade. I went off. I broke down the luxury tax and all that stuff. I, you can go back and listen to it if you really want to. And I'll continue to say, like, you know, trading your franchise player, like the player that Mookie Betts is, I'm never going to sit there and justify that. I'm sorry. Um, but I understand it and it, I can understand where they're coming from with where the luxury tax was. The, the reasoning made sense to me in that way. Um, I did that. Like, it was a great moment. Legit, in the coming weeks, two weeks from then, they start telling me, uh, we don't know if you're going to stay here. I was out of the internship the following week. Like that's how it was the middle of spring training. I remember the last thing I remember from spring training was Felix uh, Hernandez. I think he was with the Orioles in spring training at that time. Uh, and he was like doing his thing. He was pitching and then it was shut down. Mm -hmm. Ken Rosenthal's piece is the perfect time capsule. The day Mookie Betts was traded. That tells you Mookie is still in the same place. He's not signing an extension this year. He's going to play out the final year. It's sorry if it's awkward. You know, he gave that whole speech with the Dodgers. All that shit happened at, the, you know, like at that time. And there was some weirdness. People were like, well, is he going to stick here? What is going to happen? Um, and then it just the timeline tells you his mind changed. It's cool to admit that. Why is that so hard? Mm. I, I just I don't understand how people can sit there. So why didn't he sign the fucking extension in spring training? You think the number changed that much? You think the number changed that much over COVID that the Dodgers were like, oh, Fuck it. Now we're going to give you the money you want. You think that right. happened during COVID? No. You think that's how quickly the tune changed? Or did no. they trade all those fucking assets and knew, oh, wait, we've been waiting for this moment for our $300 million superstar building up with this farm system. You don't think they were desperately trying to get a deal done before that? Mm -hmm. Knowing that if we go into the season, he walks away. People are, we're going to be in fucking some trouble here. Yeah. Like, you know, people are going to laugh at us for trading what we did for Mookie Betts. Yeah. And for all the the praise that the Dodgers get for pulling this off, I mean, look around like it's not like they're the masters of maintaining their superstars either. Corey Seager's with the Rangers. Look at Cody Bellinger doing what he's doing this year with the Cubs. Like they made a really good choice in choosing Mookie Betts. He's the best of those guys. But I mean, Bellinger's having a really good fucking year. Corey Seager's having a really good year. Like they're not. Like it happened. I'm not, I'm not I'm, again, I'm not trying to let the Red Sox off the hook because like it's just we're never going to get over it. Like it's never it's never. I tweeted after uh, after the game about the my final Mookie thought. Was um, where is it? I'd love to I'd love to be able to say that the Mookie bet stuff is over now that his return is coming gone. But people will be talking about that trade until we die. They didn't shut up about Babe Ruth for 86 years, and I don't know if winning a World Series post Mookie allows fans to move on. Because, 
I mean, they shut up about Babe Ruth after the Red Sox won in 2004. But like Babe Ruth has been dead for God knows how long. It's not like we still have to fucking like if the Red Sox win the World Series next year. And in 2025, the Dodgers come back uh, on the schedule and Mookie's here. They're still going to talk about the trade. Like as long as Mookie is playing baseball, they're going to talk about the trade. Doesn't matter what the Red Sox do. We were it was we were able to move on from Babe Ruth because the Red Sox went 86 years without winning a World Series. They finally win one. Then it's like, go fuck yourself, Babe Ruth. Go fuck the Yankees, whatever. And then you move on. Then you win another one in 07 and then 13 and then 18. No one's talking about Babe Ruth no more. But as long as Mookie Betts is playing baseball and it's for the (laughs) Dodgers. We're going to be talking about it. And I don't mean we is in this show. I mean, Red Sox fans. I mean, the national media baseball fans like that shit. That's why, like, I was so annoyed this weekend is like, it's, it's just going to get rubbed in our faces forever. And there's nothing we could do about it. And we didn't have anything to do with it. It wasn't our fault. We wanted him here. So anybody would want one of the greatest players of his generation, you know, what outside of Shohei Otani and Mike Trout. And who mm-hmm. knows, by the time Mike Trout's career comes and goes, there's a fair chance with the way Mookie's holding up longevity wise that he could even pass that. Right. Uh, and the way Trout's body's trending. But th- that's what it is. I think just for people like us, like, dude, no matter what's fucking happened during the 2021 playoffs, when the vibes are fucking through the roof, Mookie Betts was still coming up. People mm-hmm. imagine what it would be like if Mookie was here, which, you, you know, you don't have the 2021 team if Mookie's here. It looks a lot different because um, you got to restructure those contracts in a different way. You got to break down the engine in a different way. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, that's what it is for the rest of his career. We're going to be talking about it when he has his Hall of Fame induction and he's wearing that freaking Dodgers hat. Guess what sports radio will be doing that week? Imagine if the Red Sox kept Mookie Betts. This is what it is in like, yeah, maybe if the Red Sox win a World Series, it changes. But our generation, there will probably, you know, fingers crossed, there'll probably never be a more traumatic move for our, for fans to handle because you know, he could very well be the best Red Sox player we ever see in our lifetime for what he was. We're talking and, about at least two decades of before we're in the clear. Like he signed right? a 13 year deal. He's a first ballot Hall of Famer. We're talking maybe 20 years before they're like, all right, we can move on (laughs) from the Mookie Betts thing. After his Hall of Fame speech and whatever else, it's like, all right, then it's just going to continue because it's like, hey, Mookie, you're retired. You're a Hall of Famer. Look at what Poppy's doing. Mookie Betts has a podcast now. So it's like, hey, you want to, hey, Mookie, you want to, you want to be on Fox? (laughs) We'll have you on. It'll be great. You can do all the Red Sox games. It'll be perfect. We can talk about that time that you were on the Red Sox. You got fucking traded. We'll never live it down. We'll never live and we're, it down. We're watching old man David Ortiz and a slightly younger Mookie Betts making jokes back and forth about it. Like, yeah, that's what it fucking is in forever. And this is how this weekend felt. It's just like watching, you know, a girl that you were in love with. That was the dream, the perfect dream. And no matter what happens in your life, people are always going to bring up. You remember? You remember her? You're, I, I remember you guys like you, you remember being with that chick. Like, you remember how great she was? Look at her now. Look at everything she became. You were awesome then, but even better now. You just aw- you have to relive that forever, and it's annoying. It won't be the last time we talk, it's, Mookie. It's but. like your girlfriend leaving you for, like, an A-list celebrity. Because it's like, they're, like, Mookie, I hate to say it, way cooler now than he was with the Red way Sox. Cooler. Way, way cooler. Way cooler. Like, he's got a different personality. He's wearing the sunglasses inside. He's got his podcast. He's got $365 million. He's on a team with all these other stars. He's in LA. Like he's got all the money and all. So it's basically like, you know, you were with the girl 
that you thought you were going to spend the rest of your life with. And then the next second, boom, like because as a Red Sox fan, you have no control over this. She leaves you for like John Mayer and you're like, fuck, like how I couldn't have prevented this. There's nothing I could have done. Like, I'm not John Mayer. There's nothing I could have done to have stopped this. And then you and not only uh, did she leave you for another man, but it's a celebrity. So now you have to see her all over the place. Like and how many she times have a, you had a breakup where it's like, all right, I'll just, you know, like, I don't have to, at least I don't have to like see her anymore. Like we, we don't even live in the same town. Like we don't have to see each other. Like I don't have to follow her on social media anymore. I can just move on and I, I don't have to see it. No, no, no. You have to see it. You have to see her with her A-list celebrity boyfriend. And she's having a fucking blast, like a blast. They win the world series the first year with Mookie Betts. That's like, I turn on the TV three weeks after the breakup and she's on the red carpet with John Mayer. Just like making out, like having sex on the red carpet. That's they're what fucking, I had to see. They're staining they're it. Fucking they're fucking on the red carpet. No, no, no. Their sex ta- tape leaks and everyone's sending it. All, the, all your boys are sending it to you. Hey, have you seen this? This is crazy. She looks way happier with John it, Mayer, it, by the see, way. See, they're not even enjoying it because it's just simply, oh, money. They're enjoying getting fucked. Mookie yeah. loves it there. He is having the loves time. It. He is him. He's yeah, becoming he's who him. he wants to be. Yeah. So this is Xander's miserable. Like, we haven't even like, oh, he like hates Xander's gone. Xander's gone. And like, I, I, you have to seek out Xander to like have that come across your timeline. Like he's hit a few home runs or whatever, but like the Padres are miserable. Xander's fans miserable. Hate him there. Down fans hate him there. They already want to move him to another position. Like Mookie. Oh my God. He's like, I could play short. If he's I want, I could play second. I'm going to win a gold glove. Probably win another MVP. I'm in one of the best lineups of all times. Like me and Freddie Freeman, just keep knocking the ball around the yard, scoring a bunch of runs. Fuck you. Red Sox. Here's a dinger. Like we're going to win the series. Go fuck yourself. You're going to give me, you're going to suck my dick three times. You're going to give me three standing ovations, not just one. <laughs> I want, I want one every single game. And Red Sox fans are like, yes, yes, Mookie. Yes. Anything that you want, Mookie. And, and he wins, he went and he should win because I mean, he's lived up to every ounce of that contract. Every ounce of it. He should. He, Mookie Betts originally when he was like, yeah, I should get 400 million like Mike Trout. People are like, what the fuck are you talking about, dude? <laughs> yeah, he should have. Like 365 for Mookie. Kind of a bargain. Kind of a bargain. Not a bad he's that way dude. to go. Yeah. And that's just what it is. And like, that's the experience. We're going to watch Mookie and, you know, the way he's playing right now, he pulls another MVP. That's another day. That's another week. Where you're going to oh. hear, wow, Mookie Betts, another MVP. They win the World Series. You remember when they won the World Series in 2020? We had to yeah. relive that again, you know, basically seven months later of all the Mookie trauma, seeing him screaming round and around first base and talk about how much it meant to him and how, you know, that was just everything. Every single time, you know, you're going to have to relive that trauma again and again. Just like the little trauma we relive when you watch a Dodgers highlight and he hits a homer. It's just that personified. Would that be the second player in baseball history to win an MVP in both leagues? It's a good question. I believe I that's correct. Yeah, I think you're right. What was it Frank Robinson? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I don't know. So. Yeah. Like only I, player to name MVP in both leagues. Frank Robinson. No one else. There you go. Uh, I, I don't like living in the past. It's only a conversation because he came back this weekend. After this, I don't want to talk about it anymore. Um, but it was, it, it was a big 
eat shit weekend for Red Sox fans. And we didn't deserve it. We didn't deserve We didn't make these decisions. We had not. We were just innocent. We were the kids. We were the kids in the divorce. We had we had no say in this. There's nothing we could have done to prevent this. We're just innocent bystanders in a very, very unfortunate and unforgivable situation. And we just had to sit there and take it all weekend long. And uh, I'm not blaming the Red Sox, but they could have taken a little bit of the sting out of it by winning the series. And they didn't even do that. So it was just a big sit there and eat your shit sandwich weekend for the Red Sox and their fans. And he was the star of the series. Is the, star of the series. The, oh, the last fuck you you could possibly get. I mean, that was inevitable. Mookie going. I mean, it's like it wasn't like he. What he was. He's the hottest hitter in baseball over like the last like three months. So five hundred in August or whatever it is. Like yeah, like him coming in here and doing that was the most inevitable thing. Um, Jake, I would love to get your thoughts on this past weekend. What were your emotions? What were you feeling? Yeah, it fucking sucked. I mean, <laughs> we were fucked for the next twenty years. We're gonna have to do this all the time and. Even if we win 10 World Series in the next 20 years, people would be like, well, we probably would have won 15 if we had Mookie. So mm-hmm. there's just nothing you can really do about it. And I'm, I've am i kind of just accepted at this point, like I'll be hearing this for at least the next 20 years. Probably. At least. Because you know, it was funny hearing him say that though. Uh, you know, it's like, oh man, like, you know, how much has your life changed since you've been here? And he was like, my life is totally different now. He's like, I got a kid. I got a podcast. <laughs> like, He's just like, putting his podcast on the same level as his kid. It is very funny optically. Jared, there's going to be a day. Old man Jared. Like mm-hmm. the beard's gray. You've popped out, you know, seven or eight kids. They've mm-hmm. had kids at this point. Yeah. And they're going to be grabbing on your on your little pant leg. Uh-huh. Grandpa, t- how did the Red Sox trade Mookie, Grandpa? How did that happen? I'm playing with him in MLB The Show 56. Grandpa, how is Mookie not on the Red Sox? And you're going to have to tell that fucking child why Mookie Betts is not on the Red Sox once again. Then I'm just like, all I'm going to do, like, you know that scene? Well, you didn't see Titanic. You, did you watch it? I have a great Titanic take I've been working on, actually. Well, have you seen it yet? No, but I have a good right, take. So I'm gonna make it. I'm gonna make a comparison for like literally every listener, because everyone that listens to podcast has definitely seen Titanic. But there's a scene where like you're. It's almost the exact comparison. Like there's this woman, the Titanic's sinking, right? And this woman is like, Captain, where do I go? Where do I go? I don't know where to go. And he just like blankly stares at her, doesn't say a word, turns around. And just walks into the captain's quarters and like the water is coming up over the glass and he's just got his hand on the wheel. And then two seconds later, glass breaks everywhere and there's the water just rushes in and he's dead. So in the comparison is if my grandson or granddaughter is like, Grandpa, tell me about Mookie Betts. Tell me about Mookie Betts. I'm just going to blankly stare at them, um, turn around, walk down the hallway into the bathroom pull out a pistol, put it in my mouth and blow my brains out the back of my skull all over the bathroom. I thought you were (laughs) going to say you're going to execute your grandchildren. No, 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 no. But that's what I'm going to do. I've been watching the Sopranos lately and that, that would have been some real uh, mobster type shit. Yeah, no, I, uh, that's how I'm going to go. I think once, once I've had enough of the Mookie bet situation, (laughs) that's, that's how I'm choosing to go. 
So, wow. So not That's only the, out of all this, the main, the central theme of this conversation is that we don't have control over any of this. I will have control over blowing my brains out in the bathroom after my grandson or granddaughter asks me about Mookie Betts when I'm when I'm old. Heimbloom traded Mookie Betts, killed Jared Carabas, mm-hmm. and then everything else after that. Yeah. Yeah. It's dark. It's you could dark, do a suicide but... pack. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll call I'd you. I'll die up. with you. I'll just we'll have like a code word. <laughs> yeah. What will my life look like? Do you think I'll have grandchildren running around? No, 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 no. What, what, what do you mean? No, 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 no. Like a little, little, uh, Ty Ty Jr. over here. No. Or, well, Ty Ty the third at that point. No, I don't think so. No, no our grandchildren could be friends. The no, they what? don't want to be friends. No, no one calls you Ty Ty. My mom does. Citrus Hills. Fuck shit. Thank you, Ted. I do have a good Titanic take. You've never seen it, but go ahead. I know, but I I was thinking through this because mm. I was watching High School Musical the other day. Okay, I don't know. So to do a Titanic. You haven't seen High School Musical? No. That's as insulting as not watching Titanic. Am I don't wrong? Go there. No, you're Jake, wrong. Jake, you're Jake, wrong. Jake, Jake, Jake's seen High School Musical. I think it's more insulting that you rewatched High School Musical instead of watching Titanic. That's a hundred percent. That's a fact. Better Speak love story it. than the Titanic. Sorry, not sorry. What songs do they have in the fucking Titanic? Uh, literally the most I- iconic fucking movie song of all time. Doesn't beat Breaking Free. Sorry. Literally of all time. What's the song? Sing it to me. Oh, my fucking God, dude. I... You're telling me this is the most iconic movie song of all fucking time. Like everyone listening to this podcast right now is like, Thanks a lot, Jared. Now I'm going to have this song stuck in my head for the next fucking 65 days. We're at least. soaring, flying. This song. There's not a star this in This is the most iconic movie song maybe ever. Maybe Just, ever. Did they sing it? What? Did like the characters sing it in the movie? No, but then I don't what? care. I want to watch Troy Bolton and Vanessa sing. Not every song is a fucking musical. Well, it hits better. Love hits better with a musical. No, no. You have come to show you. Go on. No. Yeah. You're not Mm -hmm. bumping this like you're bumping high school musical. What's the code word? I'm listening to two old people fuck. Drums. Tyler, can you play a high school musical song? No, dude. (laughs) Just give me a chance. No, absolutely not. You just got the perform. Why can't I cook? (laughs) Because that's not like a high school musical probably has like 50 songs. 
Well, no, but you know, they're signature songs, you know, breaking songs, no. obviously. Jake, Jake, what, no. Can you name one song from high school musical? Jake, I know you Jake, you are the same fucking age as me. Don't be a bitch. Say the song. Yeah, but there's not like one iconic song. Yeah. There are plenty of iconic no, there's songs. There's not. Are you kidding Sorry. me? Are you kidding me? <laughs> this is some of the craziest shit I've ever seen in my entire bet on it. You never sat there and pretended to be Troy Bolton ripping your shirt, Who? like going through a heartbreak. Who? Troy Bolton, Zach Efron. You don't know. You don't think Zach Efron's hot? The, all right, put it this way, right? The fact that you had to say. Zach Efron, like that's the name of the character. Like, oh, you know the character that Zach Efron plays. Everyone knows Jack Dawson. They know Rose. If you told Do me it, who you Jack cater. fucking Dawson is, I wouldn't know. That's because you're an idiot, though. Like, you don't fit into the vast majority. Everyone knows who Jack and Rose are. You don't have to say Kate Winslet it, and Leonardo DiCaprio. Troy People and Gabriella. If I drop a Troy and Gabriella, my generation <clears throat> knows what we're talking about. No. Jake, no. if I walked up to you and was like, hey, you thought about Troy and Gabriella lately? You'd be like, oh, High School Musical. <laughs> no, I mean, yeah, you just got to know Titanic. Yeah, you just got to know Titanic, dude. Oh, God. You disappoint me so much. I just, I'm very agitated right now. I'm very, the Mookie weekend had me just very agitated overall. And yeah, I watched some High School Musical to tear me up yesterday. And now, now I'm angry. I'm, I'm angry overall. All right. Well, and I don't have I to think, take four fucking hours to fucking watch a love story, which is fucking great. I can listen also, to some great music. I'm I'm pretty sure there are, are venues that have reached out that said that they would do a Titanic watch along with us. Can we do High School Musical? Duel? No, the, dude, the, we're doing Titanic. Is this guy for real, Jake? Like, it's fucking ridiculous. It's as ridiculous. much as you're judging me, you're judging me on something you have also not seen. I don't give a fuck about High School Musical. Well, then you, because Jared, I, I don't you want to. Do you know how many you, you know how many people you're disrespecting and spitting on their graves by even putting High School Musical in the same sentence as Titanic? It's just High School different. Musical was a culture phenomenon. I don't disagree, but it's not on the same level as Titanic. It's just not. Listen, sometimes art may not get the same appreciation as other art, but it doesn't. How make much it any did less. High School Musical? It's probably a lot. It's probably a lot. I bet. Uh, I need all the shit. I need the musical. tours. I want all of it. You want what? I want the tours. I want all of it. And I want the new show that came out a couple years ago, years ago with uh, Olivia Rodrigo. I want all of it. Okay. So just to put things in perspective. Um, let's see. I have a number here if you'd like it. 252 million in global box office gross for 200 for 2008's High School Musical. Three, three. That's the third one, which is the least best one. Okay, then what was the first one? The original High School Musical. Yeah, what was that? Oh, oh, hold on. 1.39 billion in combined lifetime domestic box offices. Okay. Um, Titanic did 2.25 billion. Okay, so but we're, we're in the same vicinity. Double, no, we just doubled you up. You just got doubled up. I don't want to rain on my own parade, but, you know, there was only one Titanic, right? There was three high school musicals. The only one boat, Tyler. Yeah, they can't really do a sequel. It says about, you know, a lot about the longevity, if we're being honest. Can't, Doesn't, can't do it multiple times. The longevity, they still, like, they'll release Titanic in theaters again just to make some more money. They'll be like, I'm hey, waiting Titanic's for Titanic 2. 
that oh, wait. oh wait oh wait oh wait there's no titanic 2 you know why because they're fucking dead that's why there's no titanic 2 suck on that they could do a prequel what before the boat sank oh look at all this no 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 drop drop titanic 2 yeah so fire drop titanic 2 let me see where the shit's at right now where's the fucking they- boat I want to say that someone they were talking about doing a Titanic too, but it was like it was stupid. It was like um, it was going to be about like they they made a replica, exact replica of the Titanic and they're like, oh, look at us. We're going to go out and do the exact route. And then that one sinks. I would actually watch that movie, but it obviously wouldn't make two point two and a quarter billion. So. Both very uh, highly loved films. Yeah, I'm not. But, I mean, uh, like I said, I, I understand and I respect High School Musical, but it's not anything close to Titanic. Anyways, Jake, uh, please tell Tyler about Blue Moon, because this kid, this kid, the way that he's talking right now, it seems like he needs he needs a Blue Moon at the moment. Playoffs are just around the corner, so it's time to help your team out by sticking to your lucky rituals, like the ritual of enjoying an ice-cold blue moon while the game is on. Blue Moon was born in a ballpark, first brewed at Coors Field in Denver, Colorado. Make it your one-of-a-kind baseball tradition whether you're at the park or watching from home. I'm sure Tyler had multiple blue moons when he was watching High School Musical the other night. Dude's trying to come at Titanic for box office rankings? Wrong movie, bro. By the way, I think he said multiple times that Martha's favorite movie is Titanic, and he still hasn't seen it. Dude's over here re-watching High School Musical like an idiot. I don't know how many blue moons it's going to take to get Tyler to watch the Titanic, but we have to figure it out. With its refreshing flavor with Valencia orange peel for subtle sweetness and hints of coriander, Blue Moon Belgian-style wheat ale is a -a one-of-a-kind beer that's made brighter. It's carefully crafted and full-flavored with refreshing notes and a smooth, creamy finish. Blue Moon was brewed by baseball to give you a dose of nostalgia and get you excited for the new season. Why strike out with the same old beer when you can get something one-of-a-kind? Its bold flavor, bright color, and iconic orange slice ritual guarantee a -a one-of-a-kind beer experience perfect for spring weather. Best served with its signature orange garnish to showcase its beautiful bright color a beer this good only comes around once in a blue moon but you can enjoy it all season long brighten up your baseball traditions with blue moon belgian style wheat ale it's one of a kind every time check out shop.bluemoonbrewingcompany.com for baseball merch and visit get.bluemoonbeer.com jared to find blue moon delivery options that's get.bluemoonbeer.com jared blue moon made brighter Celebrate responsibly, Blue Moon Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado Ale. Thank you, Jake. As always, we appreciate that very much. Um, is it time? Do we have nothing from the games that we? No. <laughs> it's not time. Do you want me to do my sound? Yeah, go ahead. Ew! Ew! <laughs> ew! Ew! That sounds like a cat getting skinned. That's what it's based off of. Dog, but, you know. <clears throat> are you trying to say that there are things that you want to talk about from the series? Um, I'm going through my notes right now. Yeah, there's a couple things, but I don't know. It's, we want to talk I mean, about when they lose a series, it's like it's really not worth breaking down. Like, I don't know. I'll say on the James Paxson front, right? Obviously, now that you should have traded him. I'm glad to be on the right side of history. I was a trade James Paxton guy before it was cool. Thank you. Yeah, I don't know. I, no, I think no, let's no. see how it no, plays out during the stretch here. No, I, nope. I'm not disagreeing with your take. Trade you had that on the day of the on the day of the deadline. Mm-hmm. I, I do think for them at this point, like we're seeing the regular rest on four days. It's a 9.39 ERA through four, five days rest. It's 195. Six days or more, 383. Um, 
you know, you got to kind of ride it out here. I would try to give him a breather if you can. A day or two, I think, would go a long way because, you know, walking five like he did, uh, that's just not him. The guy hasn't walked more than three guys in a single outing all season. Um, do I think this is who James Paxson is? No, I think he's better than this. Uh, clearly, he's been better than this he was. his entire career. But uh, he's tiring out. He's hitting a wall here, and I'm not surprised following Tommy John. Do I think, you know, he's capable of kind of scraping or, you know, picking himself back up and having a solid finish to the season? I mm-hmm. do. And then I think the QO conversation still remains pretty similar at that point. Oh, God, spare me. Uh, shout out to John Schreiber. Big save on Saturday. That was a great game. I really enjoyed Saturday's game. Uh, shout out to Doogie. Three straight games with a leadoff homer. Uh, Tristan Casas also had his moments in the series. By the way, Tristan Casas didn't start against a lefty, but he came off the bench to pinch hit against a lefty. Yeah, that's where uh, they're at, unfortunately, uh, in terms of kind of trying to get by on the lineup. I I think for Tristan Casas at this point, I've seen enough against lefties lately. The bats are so much better than they were earlier in the season. Significantly better against lefties. Let him cook. Yeah, no, I'm not saying don't do it. I actually I have confidence in Casas being able to hit against lefties. But um, did he have two homers in the series? Casas just one. You sure? Mm hmm. What did he do in the first game? Uh, in the first game, he had the leadoff single and then story went deep, right? Um, I remember oh, that. Yeah, you're right. You're right, you're right, you're right, you're right. But yeah, I, I think for Casas, he continues to look the part. I think for Verdugo, it's like, you know, I put the numbers up yesterday for whatever it was since he came off uh, or since his benching. And like, you know, credit to Alex Cora for continuing to, you know, try to push the right buttons with him and get him by. You would hope he'd be at the point where he doesn't need those kind of things. But, you know, 18 games going into yesterday, it was 353, 370, 594, 943. Hit another homer, so that's up to four. Has been on fire for some time now, so... If he could finish the the year on a really strong note, might make it a little bit easier when they try to trade him this this offseason. That first game, with. that first game against the Dodgers felt a lot like the first game against Houston, where like the Red Sox yeah. came out of the gates hot and it was like, oh, we're gonna fucking stomp on their dicks. Seven runs for the Dodgers. Uh you lose seven four. But um it was cool to come out. Of, so that is something that I wanted to touch on, the Verdugo thing. So Doogie. Lee uh, hits a leadoff homer in the first game and he's very animated and there's gotta be like obviously you're fired up because you know it's like Mookie's in town and I'm sure he probably sat there for years being like I am so sick and tired of being compared to Mookie that doesn't happen as much anymore like he doesn't get the Mookie comparisons as much uh, but now I think that the Mookie's, last month Mookie now that Mookie's back in town you definitely get some you only got Alex Verdugo for Mookie Betts. Like that stuff is kind of coming back a little bit. So for him to homer to lead off the game and to look back at the dugout and like he's he's doing his thing, like that's half. I feel like maybe like, you know, you guys traded me and I'm homering off you. Like that's a feel good moment. And then the other half is like, hey, before you, you know, suck Mookie's dick tonight, like don't forget about me, which again, there's no comparison. <laughs> like, no one's going to no. sit here and tell you that just because Alex Verdugo had a hot series and a, and he's been he's been red hot since he got benched by Cora that no one's going to have the discussion about Mookie Betts versus Alex Verdugo. It's just it's not it's silly no, and no rational thinking fan would ever make the comparison. But it has to feel good for him on that weekend to ball out the way that he did. 
Yeah, and I, I think you look at it from that standpoint. It's just like the guy, I know you don't, I think he's gone a ton of the Mookie stuff the last you know couple of weeks or so. When this whole thing happened, I felt like the narrative for Alex Verdugo, beginning of the year, a lot of people, no one, you're gonna, never going to look at the Mookie Betts trade and be like, oh, like it was a win, but you're like, I can... I can live with this, right? Like Alex Verdugo, he's kind of blossoming into the player we kind of hoped he would be. That all got thrown out at the beginning of August when everything went down with him and people kind of went back to being, you know, this trade disgusts me. I can't even think about it without feeling sick. For him to have those couple moments, for him to be like, this is my house, good for him. Uh, It just, I think it speaks to Verdugo in terms of always being the guy who kind of gets up for those kind of moments. Like if you got shit going on with you where Alex Verdugo is pissed off and he has something to prove, you're going to get what you've got in the last couple of weeks. You're going to get what you get against the Dodgers. But it's also re- it's also the reason he's so frustrating because when Super he doesn't have that kind of stuff there, we see him kind of not put in the same effort. We see him kind of get in issues with core or not show up to games on time. While it's awesome to see, it's also a reminder of, damn, man, if you were this consistent, if you were this way all the time, you could be the kind of player that Kenley Jansen talks about seeing in you from a, you know his early days with the Dodgers. You could be that guy. Wish we could see it more often or more consistently. Yeah. Yep. Um, seeing Story hit a homer was nice. Yeah, it's hard for him. You know, I, I think watching what Adam Duvall is doing right now, right? Like, and him going Shout off. Shout out Adam Duvall. Like, going he is bonkers. Yeah. Like, I will say this. I, hand up, accountability. I was one of the people that was like, all right, yeah, trade Adam Duvall and clear the path for Jaron Durant. That would have been a, I don't want to say a death blow for this team, but think about the moments that he's had just in these last two series alone. Like where, I mean, homering today, I mean, even homering and losses. We just talked about the the first series against Houston. He hit the three-run home run that really jolted them, but in a game that they ended up losing. And then uh, him and Casas go back-to-back in, in the finale today. You know, homering and losses, whatever, but he has stepped up in a big, big way when Jaron Duran has had to go on the injured list because of his toe. So, yeah, that, that would have been bad. It's that not even bad. that. Like, you can look at that entire outfield and say he's been your most consistent guy in terms of just being able to be out there and post. Like, mm-hmm. Verdugo, some of the shit he went through at the beginning of August. Yoshida. Yoshida, they're, dude, they're trying to give him breathers left and right to get him back on track. He's gas. Duvall, we saw today playing left field. A little bit of a rough moment defensively, but the guy has friggin' five homers in his last eight games. And this is the life of Adam Duvall. It's hot. It's cold. You're going to kind of ride it up and down. But to come back from a wrist issue like he did midseason, very hard. It took him a long time to get his timing right. Trevor Story, we're watching how hard it is to come in midseason and figure it out. But credit to him. Trevor Story, if you ask me, like, am I worried? No. Right. Like uh, he just looks like a guy trying to find his timing. It clicks for certain points. I know he can play a great shortstop. That's not a question anymore. I would just like to get to the point where he's playing every day because it seemed like the Dodgers series was where it was circled and they're still not there yet. Hmm. I'm ready to like I'm ready. I want to see him play five or six times a week at shortstop. You know, I don't want to have to have these breakup days. And then you get into some of the weird roster maneuvering they had to do on uh, Saturday. Oh, like Rafael Devers at shortstop. Yeah, even though it was only for, what, an inning or whatever it was, it's like, that's scary. I, I do not like that. And I also, you know, you have Luis Arias there, eh, right? Like, you put him at third base and you move Devers to shortstop. I know he's technically played shortstop in the shift quite a bit, but all scary stuff. But good to hear Rafael Devers' x-rays were also negative today. So yeah, they're hoping um, he plays tomorrow. Yeah, I saw that from um, B. 
beat reporter Tyler Milliken was on it. I was out there on the scene, Tyler Milliken. In the field, yeah. I was actually uh, Chorus Presser. Oh, I know. I was watching. Thank you. I was watching. Uh, buying tickets to your favorite event shouldn't be stressful. Game time is the fast and easy way to get tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and theater near you with killer deals on last-minute tickets and their best price guarantee. You can stop stressing over the tickets and start getting hyped for all the fun that you're going to have. Uh, I Did you go to the game on Saturday? Saturday. I'll be there tomorrow. You didn't go over the weekend? No. You'll be in the bleachers tomorrow? I will be. Tyler Milliken out and uh, having a good time. Jake, did you go to any of the games over the weekend? Nah, I took this weekend off. Yeah. I went on Saturday. And thank you to Game Time for the hookup. Had great seats. Um, decided the morning of, actually, like kind of like noon ish. My dad was like, socks. And I was like, socks. Fire up the Game Time app. Went to the game, saw the only win of the series. It was nice. Had some lobster rolls, had some ice cream with my dad. We watched a game. He was watching. Uh, he had the horse races going on his phone, watching a little socks. It's a great day. It's a great day with the old man. Forget planning months in advance. Game time has deals on tickets right up to the day of the event. Get exclusive flash deals on tickets for football, basketball, baseball, concerts, comedy, theater, and more. The game time guarantee means that you'll always get the best price. If you find tickets in the same section and row for less, game time will credit you 110% of the difference. Get images of your seat before you buy so you know exactly what to expect when you arrive. Buy tickets in a matter of seconds. Two taps and you're set. Tickets are sent directly to your phone so you never have to dig through your email. Download the game time app, create an account. Use the promo code redacted. Oh, promo like code that. redacted for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account. Use the promo code redacted for $20 off. Download the Game Time app today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Um, now it's time for a little Red Sox lottery. I need a good one today. Which is presented by DirecTV, home to the most local MLB games. Wow, another episode. We've got Red Sox Lottery. The number is 18, which I feel like we've done. Let's see. Pull it up. 18. Yeah. Red Sox Lottery, 18. No, we haven't done 18. 18 is John Lackey. Yes. John Lackey. Wow. John Lackey is a dude that does not get enough love for what he did for that 2013 uh, Red Sox team. So uh, he got signed in what? 2010? Going into 11? Yeah, 11 going was into his first 2010. year? No, going 2010 into was his first. Okay. Yep. So comes in in 2010 and immediately fans hate this guy. And I remember, I think it was a start in Toronto where like someone hit a ball and it landed in between shortstop and left field. And I had like a screenshot of him just going. <laughs> like He was the king of showing up his infielders, at least in the beginning. I think he, he probably like stopped doing that once. Like you can get away with that in Anaheim, but in Boston, there's too many blogs, too many websites and whatever. Like people will see that. Um, so I think he stopped doing it and 2011 happens. And I want to say statistically, I want to say he had the highest ERA in baseball history 
for a pitcher who pitched X amount of innings. Like, however, uh, let's see. John Lackey. Do you want the numbers? Yeah. 641 ERA and 28 starts, 160 innings. The FIP, 471. But man, yeah, K per nine was 6.1. It was it was bad. Over a home run per nine. 11.4 hits per nine. Dude was just getting dicked down. John Lackey. Highest ERA in history. I'm going to search this. I want to get the stat right. John Lackey is one of my favorite pitchers of all time. Okay. Elias says John Lackey's 630 ERA is the highest ERA through the first 25 starts in a season in Red Sox history. So it's Red Sox history, not baseball history. I knew it was something like that. (laughs) Yeah. I'm legit. (laughs) Bleacher Report in 2011 uh, put out, they ranked his 10 worst moments as a Red Sox pitcher. All just two seasons in Boston. That's how far the hatred for John Lackey had gone. Yeah, it was bad. It was bad. I mean, I I, I think it's understandable when you look at some of the results there. And then, but then you kind of have hindsight here, right? And I think what happened was he had signed this contract with the Boston Red Sox and he wanted to perform. 2011, first day of the season, front page of the paper, best Red Sox team ever. I believe was the title on the Boston Herald. So he signs this big deal. The Red Sox start off really bad. Then they're really good from May until the first of September. And then September, they shit the bed and he just pitched through it all. And he was, he was fighting. He was trying. Then he gets Tommy John misses all of 2012. So you go from like the dude that complains to his teammates in 2010, Worst ERA in Red Sox history in 2011. Tommy John missed the whole fucking season in 2012. So coming into 2013, which was a very special year for obvious reasons, uh, everyone hates this guy. They're like, fuck him. This guy sucks. But at the end of the day, you look at what's in front of you. um, Yeah, showing up your teammates is not good, but I think he just really wanted to win and pitching through an injury to justify a contract. What if, I mean, we had Jacoby Ellsbury was a guy that we were just talking about who shut it down when when we thought we, we killed him. Because he wasn't playing through injury. John Lackey did. I don't think that either of them were right, by the way. I'm not saying, hey, if you're hurt, play through it. I don't think that you should do that either. But Jared, uh, before you get too deep on that, just that moment you talk about where he was showing everyone up in 2011. Mm -hmm. Do you remember this? Lackey burst in anger or bursted out in anger at the reporters claiming before the game he was sent a very personal text message from someone in the media. Do you remember that? That sounds about right. Yeah. And when asked if the text had affected his performance, he said, I don't believe I got to deal with this and then just walked off. What is there any more to it? No, that's it. It's legit just ranking like all his bad moments, him denying something being wrong with the elbow before he actually needed Tommy John, Mm -hmm. all of it. And he. Yeah, I remember I vaguely remember that, like he got a text message from someone in the media. Didn't like. Yeah, someone in the media, I guess, apparently had sent him something. Just set Maybe, was that when he was going through his divorce, maybe? Oh, that's definitely what it was. That's definitely, yeah, that just repainted the picture. That yeah, was also, I think he was going through a divorce with his wife, who was sick at the time, but like... Breast I mean, cancer, right? Yeah, but I mean, I, I mean, I don't know. We don't know any of the details of that, and I don't think it's fair to speculate. Um, but yeah, there was that. Uh, and then 2013 happens. And the Red Sox quite simply do not win that World Series without John Lackey. Like he was healthy for the first time. Uh, I think he was happy <laughs> with the Red Sox for the first time. 
Uh, I think he had teammates that he had grown to love, like Lester. Um, I think he really bonded with with those that pitching staff, Buckholtz. So uh, then he goes out there and he shoves in the playoffs, gets a stand. He pitched the clincher. He pitched the clincher in game six against the St. Louis Cardinals and dominated. And he came off the mound to a standing ovation to which he was just like, fuck you, everybody in Boston. Suck my fucking Texas-sized dick. And they won the World Series. And he was promptly traded the next year. <laughs> so, I mean, I, I, I'm a John Lackey guy. I'm a fan. Uh, I met him. I met him in Houston or Dallas. I think it was Dallas. Yeah, I think I met him in Dallas in 2011. Super nice guy to me. Um, I think we all had our fun with John Lackey. He like before I started like mocking people with that voice, like that was John Lackey's voice. Like, <laughs> like that's John Lackey's voice. That is what he sounds like. That's what he sounds like. And then I just started doing that to like mock people. Like once I was at Barstool, it's like anyone that like <laughs> if I knew I was losing a fight, I just hit him with that and then it's over. That's like the that's like the golden gun in uh, Goldeneye. You don't know what that is. I do. I do know. What you that do? Is. Yep. Oh, thank God. Finally, a reference that you understand. Um, but yeah, I I will remember the John Lackey era here in Boston very fondly. Uh, I don't know that that's a universally held stance. <laughs> it, it is I mean, once for he won in thirteen. Everyone was like, yeah. Like once he won in thirteen, everyone was like, we love this guy. But I think he was very right to say fuck you when everyone cheered him in 13 because they did not cheer him when he was pitching hurt, when he was <laughs> recovering from Tommy John surgery. I feel like everyone was like, yeah, no, this guy sucks. Get him off the team. And then he just went out there and did his thing and helped the Red Sox win a world series in a very, very, very special year. Yeah. Like, and at that time, like he was thrown into that ring of being one of the ringleaders of the whole beer chicken, and chicken and beer. thing. Yeah. Like, like he was thrown into that. And for a guy who already had so much hate, it wasn't like Lester or Beckett where you could be like, those guys, like, they fucking helped us win a World Series. Like, they are part of Boston forever, no matter what way you put it. John Lackey comes in. It's like, was that the guy that kind of fucking started getting them to this point or whatever it was? But, like, I look back at Lackey and obviously he didn't pan out. They do win the World Series and, you know, game six and everything. But him and Farrell on the mound and Lackey just refusing. Like, mm -hmm. dog, this is my fucking game. Like, mm -hmm. That was John Lackey, and while in that moment it didn't play perfectly, that was the guy I kind of always looked at, and he was an OG Bulldog. You look at that 2013 season, I still remember. It was either his first start or his second start. The elbow scare, where everyone thought he blew his elbow out again. Mm -hmm. You remember that? And he, like, yeah. spikes the ball, and you know, his elbow was, like, fucking twitching. I remember thinking back at 2013 in that moment, I was like, oh, my God, if Lackey's down, like, how are they going to fucking get through the season? He ends up posting whatever it was, a 350 ERA. And I felt like it just set the stage for the final years of his career where everyone was like, yep, playoff bulldog. We know what he did in Chicago during that stretch. And you could kind of just say, like, that mold of player doesn't really exist that much anymore. You don't find guys like him. And I don't know. It reminded me of the David Price stuff where he had no problem letting everyone know, like, dog, I never forgot. I remember how this shit was. I remember how you guys looked at me, how you talked about me and props to him, man. It is hard to turn things around in the city and become someone fans look at even in a positive light. And I do think there's a lot of similarities between him and Price, just how people view him. Yeah. Where even today, a lot of people aren't going to be like, man, I fucking love David Price. But 
you have to say you respect them. No matter yeah. what happens, you got to tip your cap. And that's the biggest thing you can give to a guy like that. They don't give a fuck if you like them, but you can't say shit about me. You can't say I was a choker. You can't say I only was the guy I was in Los Angeles because the pressure wasn't crazy there. No, I showed up here. I showed I could do it. And you know, Wacky went and did it multiple other places. And uh, the reason for the Joe Kelly, Alan Craig trade, right? Yeah. Yep. The the mm-hmm. final touch, and that ends up, you know, Kelly 2018 and Alan Craig, Alan Craig Studios. Alan Craig Studios, <laughs> RIP. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. Those were uh those were good times. And uh yeah, I'll, I'll always be a John Lackey guy. I I I respect and appreciate what he did here. I wish he would have been a little bit more vocal at the time, though, you know, like if he had just said, like, hey, I'm I'm pitching through something right now for you, for for you guys. The fuck? But Jake, do you have any John Lackey memories? No, I mean, it was obviously a tough go when he first got here, but I feel like he fit in very well with the identity of that 2013 team. Um, And also shout out to him for just one of the greatest gifts ever where he's just like, fuck. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. 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 Yep. Yeah. The chicken and beer thing was preposterous. Like, I, I wish we had a podcast during that just to have a platform to speak about how ridiculous it is that you think drinking beer and eating chicken in the clubhouse is the cause of the downfall of a baseball team. Like every clubhouse has beer and chick talking about chicken, but you act like they were doing heroin in the clubhouse. It's chicken. We're talking about chicken. And, and like you talk about what that team was like, obviously they missed the playoffs, but it wasn't like this was some bum 60 win team. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's just like ignoring everything. It was just clearly there was something wrong. They needed to change. And you had a lot of players just not living up to their expectations and what they should have been. But I, I look at John Lackey in 2013 and like one of my, uh, a friend, a kid I was friends with in high school back then, you know, I'm a young kid. I thought wins, you know, meant a lot. And I remember I was like, I'm betting on the John Lackey bounce back season. I was like, I think he's going to win 12 games. And I bet $30 on it is like, you know, whatever. I, I was a freshman in high school. Uh, and, you know, John Lackey obviously has this huge bounce back year, but he only wins fucking 10 games. And I remember giving the $30 up and I was so angry. I was like, man, you were wrong. I was like, you were not right about this. He didn't get the win, but he's been a very good pitcher this year. Kids still took my fucking money. Yeah. I didn't talk to him after that, but. Fuck you. I'm, I should say his name, but I won't. Damn. Call it rhymes with Derek. Is his name Eric? Cut that out, Jake. Wow. Uh, the Rangers lost again, so now there's a three-way tie for first place in the West. <laughs> Let the chaos go on. The Red Sox will watch from the outskirts. There's a three-way tie for... Oh, no, I lied. I lied. I lied. I lied. Seattle's in first place. I was looking at wild card. Um, yeah, Texas and Houston are both a game back. And the Mariners are in first place. That's crazy. Hurry, Nate. Hurry. The Mariners Rangers were like where the Red Sox were a few you weeks You were ago. disrespecting the Mariners I, I, a couple weeks ago on here. I was like, I think the Mariners are, don't sleep on them. You're like, good fucking night, dude. Fuck the Mariners. You were like, well, we're the good. Mariners, the Mariners should have been <clears throat> maybe not this good but much better than they played in the first half and whatever. Like they obviously flipped a switch and now they're, you can make the case of the ALS is the best division in baseball. Fucking traded Paul Seawald. You told him fuck off. No closer for you. 
Mm-hmm. Get hot while they're playing the Red Sox during that stretch, and here you are. Mm. All right, we got to take a break and talk about Zinn Nicotine Pouches. We're always talking about what a team needs to get to number one, but Zinn Nicotine Pouches are already there. Zinn has helped millions of people achieve lasting change, earning the title of America's number one nicotine pouch. If you're a smoker or you're a dipper looking to make a change, look no further than Zinn. Zinn is made with six simple ingredients and is available in a wide range of varieties, including spearmint, citrus, and even coffee. And it's available in two strengths so you can control your nicotine satisfaction. Because it's discreet, you can enjoy it anywhere, anytime, so you never have to miss a moment of the game. Plus, every can of Zinn earns you points towards premium items like tailgating gear, top-of-the-line tech, Zinn swag, even gift cards. Find your Zinn at your local convenience store or online at Zinn.com. That's Zinn, Z-Y-N.com. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Well, we will be playing a Houston Astros team that has their sights set on first place in the division. So without further ado, Stop and Shop, look ahead. Brought to you by Stop and Shop. Head on down to Stop and Shop. Use the promo code Section 10 to get 10 cents off each tangerine, when you buy at least five pounds of tangerines only at Stop and Shop and use the promo code Section 10, it is Chris Sale versus Christian Javier. It is Brian Bayo versus JP France. And it is Cutter Crawford versus Framber Valdez. Um, we got what, Javier and France in the last series? Uh, yes. So Framber Valdez is the Justin Verlander. He's playing the role of Justin Verlander in this series. Um, you got Urquides too last series. Yeah. Uh, Chris Sale is last time out five innings, six hits, four earned. Um, the Astros were two for eight against them with a double and four strikeouts against the slider, 47.6% whiff rate. Uh, Sale got 10 whiffs on the slider in that game. 19 total whiffs were tied for a season high. I feel like we didn't talk about that because of the four runs, though. Uh, fastball velocity was still below a season number, but two miles per hour faster than his previous start. So that's a good thing. Uh, Sale only allowed four hard hit balls. Uh, Red Sox are 10 and four when he starts in two and one since returning from injury. That's pretty good. Christian Javier last time out was against the Red Sox. Five innings, seven hits, three earned runs, three walks, three strikeouts and a homer. Uh, the Red Sox mashed his four seam five for 11 with a double and a homer, only two strikeouts. Uh, second most hits he's allowed on one pitch in a game all year. He got only eight whiffs on 47 swings. Astros are 17 and seven when he pitches and they have won three straight. Uh, in game two, it's Brian Bayo. Last time out, seven innings, nine hits, one earned run, three walks, four strikeouts, and a dub. Uh, the strikeouts continue to be low, but he's still effective. Still effective. Slider was his number two pitch in the game. Um, <clears throat> Average 95.8 on his four seam. Um, Astros had nine hard hit balls, but only were on, they were only three for nine with a double nose at bats. Last two starts, 13 innings, 15 hits, two earned. Four walks, eight strikeouts has not allowed a home run. Red Sox are 15 and seven when he starts. Four and one in August. Then you have JP France. Um, JP France, his numbers are deceiving. Uh, what was it? Let me Two hear that third. FIP, Jared. Yeah, the FIP is a. Uh, what is it? A four? 14? It wasn't great when I saw it going into that last start. Yeah. So the only reason it was at the top of mine. Yeah, 414 FIP. So eventually something kind of has to give with the ERA there, which is like a three and a half. 
Uh, Red Sox had 15 batted balls and eight of them were hard hit. Um, on the hard hit balls, the Red Sox were seven for eight with a double and two homers. So he's kind of just like not. I mean, the numbers are deceiving. Like we said, the strikeouts per nine, not very impressive. Six point eight. Uh, the whip one three one. So there's traffic. So the three and a half ERA doesn't really add up. So maybe the Red Sox will break through. He's, the Astros are eleven and eight when he starts, and they've lost two straight in the finale. Cutter Crawford <clears throat> six and six, three sixty five. Uh, he's a disaster at home. 12 games, eight starts, 44 and a third innings, a 568 ERA, a 133 whip, and an 8.5 strikeouts per nine. Uh, he's been great in August, five starts, a three ERA, a 108 whip, 9.4 strikeouts per nine. Uh, he does only have 24 innings pitched in those five starts, though. Uh, fastball is really good. Um, Red Sox are 10 and 15 when he pitches, and eight and nine when he starts. Then we have Framber, nine and nine, a 340 ERA, a 111 whip, and an 8.9 strikeouts per nine. Red Sox, like I said, missed him in the last series. Um, he's had a, a fascinating last two starts. On the 19th, five innings, 10 hits, six earned, two walks, five strikeouts with a homer against the Mariners. And then against the Tigers on the 25th, he went seven innings, no hits, no earned runs, five walks, six strikeouts through 115, 114 pitches. Uh, he's just as likely to combust as he is to throw a no-hitter. So... In the last three games in August, he has uh, um, in which he's allowed to hit 19 and two thirds, 24 hits, 16 runs, 15 of them earned, a 686 ERA, a 627 FIP, and a 956 opponent OPS. So all you gotta all you gotta do is get one hit and you'll probably crush him. But if you get no hits, you'll probably lose. Uh, Astros are 13 and 12 when he starts, and they've lost three straight. Uh, okay. Prediction time. Chris Sale, Christian Javier, Brian Bayo, JP France, Cutter Crawford, Framber Valdez. To tie Tyler Milliken, assuming that he gets it wrong too. Or we could go with the same pick. I don't know. Um, I felt like I had a bigger lead than you too. I know someone posted it. I trust that you're right, but geez, you, you crawled up quick. Yeah. I'm, I'm good like that. All right. Relax. I think I also, I picked correct on the podcast that you were out too. Oh, okay. That would make sense. I, and I believe last year I had the most correct. So this would be kind of a reclaiming of the crown. Wow. Coming down to the wire here. Oh, man. Do I have the balls to go two out of three here? Do you buy more into those last two games of the series against them or the first two? I'm just talking matchup wise. I mean, the middle game's a win for me. Definitely I think they lose the first GP. one. They lose the first one. They win the next two. I go two out of three. I think I'm going to go two out of three as well. I hate to say it. I'm going to take the first two. I think they lose the last one. Okay. I think Chris Sale shows up, takes another step forward, has a pretty good day. I like the Bayo, JP France. Don't love them going up against Framber. I think Cutter, like we've talked about at Fenway, kind of runs into some issues there, homers and everything. I'll take the first two. I think they bounce back a little bit here and then end up a little disappointed at the end. Okay. Jake, what do you think? Uh, Red Sox in a sweep. You got a sweep? Yeah, I think if we're following the theme of the roller coaster season, we're due to go up. That's true. That's a good point. That's a good point, Jake. Okay, so two two out of threes and a sweep from Jake against the Houston Astros. Uh, we're off on Thursday. That's exciting news. I feel like it's been a while <laughs> since we've had an off day, right? When's the last time? August I had a 14th. Yeah, it's been a minute. Art, dude, do you hear yourself right now? 
What? We we talked Mookie and everything, and you can hear how much it took the life out of us, like, already. I'll be honest, what took the life out of me was giving it all on my Titanic performance. I was singing High School Musical over the beat, so I was basically, like, I was getting, I was cooking on another beat, which is even harder to do. But all I'm saying <laughs> is if I got a solo, I'd be fucking nice with it. All right. If the Red Sox win two out of three, I'll let you sing High School Musical. Are you serious? Yeah. Promise me. Promise. Pinky up. They, Jake, you too. Two, two, out, two out of three or a sweep. They just have to win the series. All right. Let's fucking cook. All Curl right. it with if, me, boys. Curl it with if, me. No, I'm not going to do that. If, okay. they, if they win the series, I'll let you start the show by singing High School Musical. Wow. Yeah. I'm ready. You better be ready because if you fuck this up, you'll never get to sing again. Any song in my pick, like I can pick whatever High School Musical song I want. Yeah. Please, Red Sox. I mean, I don't know any ever of them, so done. It's not like I have like a favorite. You could be like, no, you have to sing this one. Like, I don't know any of the songs. So try and just watch the first one. No, I won't be doing that. But you, you better bring your A game. That's all I'm going to say, because if people are tuning in to hear you sing High School Musical, like I'm not going to know. You have to tell me you have to give me 24 hours. Well, no, because I guess we would be. You have to make your selection 24 hours in advance. And just post so, it to Twitter. Is that kind of no, 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 the, the no, no, way to go? Just about tell it? me so I can prepare. Like I need to like I need to listen to the song ahead of time to know if your performance sucks or not. Okay, that's fine. I can do that. Okay. All right. That's fair. Um, any final thoughts, Tyler? Come say what's up tomorrow. If you see me, don't hesitate. I will take a picture. I'll be looking, uh I'll be drinking beer, I'll be doing my thing. So if I look a little disoriented, I'm safe, I promise. What section are you sitting in? I don't even know. I got well, that's I, gonna be a I, problem. I hey, if you see me tomorrow, don't I'm not gonna tell you where I am. But people, I feel like I stick out in a crowd. Yeah, you do. Another game. I'm, I'm just saying. I, listen, Jared's I'm just saying. There. Like you. No, I didn't. I didn't mean it like that. No, it's cool. Just for the people who know, I, I invited Jared to come hang out with us, and you know he has better things to do. Clearly, so Jake, the tomorrow? invitation's open for you. Tomorrow. Tomorrow. Maybe, maybe, maybe. I don't know. Maybe. Oh, maybe. <clears throat> you know, I gotta be there on Tuesday, Mister Big Busy Jerry Krabbis. Uh, you know, I, I have it. meetings. I have meetings to go to. I don't have meetings. Whatever you have. I don't know. Maybe I'm just chilling. I'll be there. I'll be there on Tuesday. That's not Monday. Okay. Well, maybe maybe I'll show up. I don't know. You like you're sitting in like a seat with all your friends. So like, it's not like you have a seat for me. Right up on the old lap. Speaking of hurting legs. <laughs> oh. I I have so much respect for someone like Justin Turner because <clears throat> he's 38. He's 38 and plays 162 games with like a broken foot. I played one inning of baseball. One. I mean, granted, I hit a fucking rocket up the middle and had to run around the bases, score a run. Uh, two balls got hit. I played one inning in right field. Two balls got hit down the corner and I had to like run after them and like show off my rocket arm to get the ball back in. It's like I was doing shit, um, but I am very sore. And that was on Thursday. Today is Sunday. I am still like my legs feel bruised from having to blaze around the base paths. 
I mean, my back is in shambles from hitting the fucking shit out of the ball up the middle. You need a good rub down. Yeah, I do. Yeah, I do. Did you see my, Did you see the video of my hit? Yes, I did. We talked about it last episode. All right. Mr. I'm just Manny sure Ramirez Jr. over here. Just making sure you saw it. I, I will say one of the coolest parts of that 5K that went on, uh, what was it, earlier today? Today. Um, no, no, yesterday. Yesterday. Dude, JT took a picture with everyone high and was taking pictures with everyone. So nice to see, like, you know, fans go out and you kind of get that little setup going where no matter if the team is where it's at right now, they're always going to kind of be there to, you know, take a pick, do this, do that. Not all teams are like that. Yeah. Justin Turner, it's almost a damn shame that he wasn't in Boston longer because I feel like he could have been like an all time Red Sox legend for real. Easily. Easily. Yeah. Big Mike no Napoli vibes. Yeah. I mean, it's more like. I don't even know. I don't even know, like. He's not as like uh, aggressive as Napoli was, you know what I mean? But like, uh, qu- um, I don't know. He's he's like Brock Holt with power. <laughs> kind of, yeah, that's not bad. Uh, like the way that he has made himself a part of the community already in one year. He's he's like Brock Holt, but he can hit homers. Yeah, that's not that's not a bad way to put it. Just yeah. everybody seems to love him. I didn't say it last episode. That moment of him hugging Will Urabreo after his first homer, one of the best pictures of the entire season. Just yeah. like massive bear hug. Like, good for you, dude. Mm. I'm a fan. We love you, JT. Hope he's back next year. Shoving it down the Dodgers' throat without hesitation. Yeah, he did. Yeah, he, uh, the Dodger Slayer, Justin Turner. All right. Uh, we'll be back on Wednesday night slash. Thursday morning depends on when you watch or listen, but uh, we appreciate you guys for hanging with us over this up and down Red Sox season. And we'll be back with more name redacted podcast after the Houston Astros series. So we'll see you then. Buenas noches, amigos.